Okay, we're live. How you doing, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the John Riley Project, and here he is, right next to me, Ed Franklin. Ed Franklin. He's in the studio. In the studio. How you doing, Ed? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? All right, pull that microphone a little closer to okay, you, gotcha. and let's like kind of cozy up here. All right. So we were talking about doing this podcast, you know, like a week or so ago. We were kicking it around. Yeah, I mean, I like your podcast, and I you get a lot of listeners, and. Um, I was with a buddy of mine the other day that I want to introduce you to later because you guys have very similar views on life. And he said to me the other day at breakfast, we are polar opposites. I don't know how we get along, uh, you know, and politically and things like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, because I don't, I respect your opinion and I respect yours too. It's not that, it's not that I necessarily disagree with you. I just, I come from a different angle, right? It's just how I grew up or what happened to me in life. That's just how we, you know, form our opinions. So that's why I like talking to you. Yeah. Well, it's fun to talk about these things and and it's fun to learn about things to, um, yeah, you kind of be exposed to different points of view. It kind of makes you a better person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so we were just talking like before we were getting set up, um, you know, we, you know, by the way, if you're watching on the live stream, you can join us and just type in your comments or questions in the live chat on Facebook or YouTube. We'll get you involved. But before we got started, you were talking a lot about some of your frustrations in your business life, dealing with people that don't know what they want. Yeah. Tell the audience a little bit about that. Well, I think it's in business. I think it's in religion. I think it's in, you know, just your personal, whatever you're manifesting or trying to manifest in your life. I think that we have a hard time making up our mind and kind of drawing out a picture of what we want in our mind. So when you don't have that picture in your mind, you're going in 18 different directions to get to a goal Mm -hmm. that you really don't even know what you want. And it's happened to me so many times in business where the owner of a company doesn't really have a vision of what he wants to happen, right? Mm -hmm. It happens in uh, a couple of organizations that I've been involved with where they just don't have that vision of what they want to look like. So they go through these paths. And I'll tell you something's funny that happened. I, you know, we're in this mode right now where we're saying that these millennials all have to get a trophy in or whoever it is. <laughs> yeah. If you ever go on LinkedIn, every five minutes, someone's getting a pat on their back or getting an award. Yeah, right. We we started that uh, that trophy thing. Mm-hmm. And we can criticize kids or parents that are younger. And like I said, every five minutes, somebody's getting an award for something. So we, we kind of uh, – Developed this illusion of what you know what business is about and all these things, but we never really are able to focus on you know what we're trying to figure out that painting that picture of what my life's going to look like. Or I always would talk about what if, right? If you ask yourself what if enough times, your mind will answer you, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's what if I had this much money or this job or this relationship or whatever, and you can, but but there's never really an end vision. There's, it's not very good, and it, mm-hmm. it affects a lot of people, and it keeps them it keeps them kind of suppressed. I think. Well, it's hard to know what you want. Um, it's hard mm-hmm. to. I mean, it takes a lot of like critical thinking. Um, it's not something you kind of flippantly know what you want. You have to really think it through. And as business people, you know, we go into a business kind of defining what this business is, then the market changes and your products and services change. And sometimes that target and that goal changes. Well, then your vision needs to change. So right. if, you, if I was going to take you out and we're, we're both going to go buy Lamborghinis tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. I'm saying, look, they're on me. We'll go get, we'll each get one. We probably wouldn't want the same color, but you'd stay up all night. So I'm getting my Lamborghini tomorrow and I'm getting that red <laughs> Lamborghini. There's your vision, right? So yeah. Now, if we got there and they said, well, we don't have any red ones, but we got a blue one. You're like, well, I like that blue. I'll take that Lamborghini, right? So you do have to adjust. 
But I, I guess it's hard to explain my point because I just meet so many people that are down and out and they don't have the comp, their confidence is, is shot. And they just, when I ask them, well, what do you want it to look like? They're like, well, I don't know. And I'm yeah. like, you gotta, yeah. you gotta know a little right. bit. Maybe you just know the first couple steps. You don't know, you know, the 20 steps down the road. Mm-hmm. I'd always tell my kids when they'd, they'd have these monster goals, right? My daughter wanted to be a singer. I said, look, make a goal for Friday. Let's just start with Friday, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> and accomplish that goal. And then we'll work on Monday's goal. You know, it's nice to have that big blown up thing, but it, it's the going to the gym analogy. You know, you can get a gym membership. It's not good enough. You have to go to, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I talk about that on my podcast, and I, I do – I want to do more public speaking about that, right? You got you to gotta take care of yourself, and you got to get that vision of what you want things to look like. If you don't, you're just running loose. And I think in America, we're just, we're just shooting from the hip right now on everything. Yeah, I think a lot of people drift, you know, because they don't have that target in mind. They don't have a goal, and they don't know what they want, and they just kind of go day to day and – they just kind of put out fires, but they don't really go out and try to accomplish anything. There's a lot of people that live that way, and it's frustrating, I mean, to see that happen. I mean, honestly, I sometimes fall into that trap, you know, where you lose a little focus. Well, and this is something I talk about in my speaking is that the first thing you need to do in the morning is take care of yourself, right? It's the it's the uh, oxygen mask analogy. Right. You got to put that on before you can take care of your kids or elderly people or whatever. So the first thing you got to do in the morning is do something for yourself, right? Yeah. Whether that's go to the gym, maybe that's eating, maybe that's drinking water, maybe that's meditating, whatever it is. You got to mm-hmm. you got to take care of yourself. Parents are the worst at this because they're so worried about their children or if they're ta- or maybe they're taking care of their parents or maybe they're taking care of you know something else. They get so wrapped up in what those people need, they forget to take care of themselves. And then they're not operating at a high level. Correct. So, but but, but so this is interesting. This is a good topic because how often do we hear from other people, whether it's our mother, our grandmother, maybe a, a religious leader, don't think of yourself first. You know, think of someone else first. You need to come last. Yeah, that, that's the worst. To me, that's the worst thing you can, the worst way you can think. Right? Agreed. Yes. You have to be the best version of yourself. And listen, in my speaking, I talk about, look, when you do this, take your creator with you. Your creator wants you to be successful. They mm-hmm. want you to be that the best version of yourself. So you have to work on yourself first. I, I don't. I think religiously, I, that's not the message I always get. Of course, I'm with the Catholic. I'm, I'm a Catholic, so they do they do everything they want first, and then they're kind of like the government at some level. <laughs> they take care of themselves, and they just kidding, just kidding, Catholics. <laughs> you keep listening to John, but. No, I think it. Yeah, I think you really need to concentrate on yourself. And if you have to get up thirty minutes early to do it, and then back to that vision thing, I think a lot of people get a vision. It's so big they go, "I could never do this," and then now they're dead. Right now they're dead in the water. Yeah, um, but you can do it, and that's why you do those little steps, those little we'll put together can, those little holy moments. Because you can have like as a person, you can have sort of a a rough vision of who you'd like to be, you know, in the yeah. in the future. And it's hard to figure out the pathway to get there. But you know, directionally, I need to step in this direction rather than that direction. So you just start taking incremental steps in the right direction, and then you adjust as you go. Exactly. And that's why you had to do those babies. And again, you got to ask yourself, what if? I mean, if you have to write it everywhere in every mirror, I used to write positive messages on the mirror in the morning. 
So when I get up, if you come into my house, I have a lot of positive things on the walls. And when I was, when the kids were at home, they had to ring a bell before they left the house because they had to write, they had to read what I wrote on the wall. And once <laughs> they rang that bell, I'd know they read it. Okay. Right. And it was things like, you know, you weren't born to be mediocre. No one's born to be average. Right. We're all born to be, um, you know, to do something in our life, no matter how small or big that is. And the the odds that you were even born is are one in four hundred trillion. That's the odds. That's yeah. the scientific odds of you being born. Mm-hmm. You have an intrinsic value in life. Yeah, to society, to the to humanity. Right. You have to start owning that, and once you start owning that, right, it'll make you feel like you need to perform. Right. Yeah. And that's like I said, it's what you want to do. Some people are very happy in a in a one bedroom apartment, and you know. In Kensington or in the desert. Yeah. Um, maybe their bigger, you know, thing is a charity or whatever it is. But you got to find your path, right? You got to find your vision of what you want to be. Right. So I talk a lot about that on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny. It's I've talked to – I'll tell you a quick story. I was – this this thing goes from the janitor to the CEO. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, everybody has a burden on them, right? Some kind of pain, some kind of thing they're either getting over. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something. And I was out at this, um, I was out at this event in Palm Springs a couple of years ago. And the CEO that I had talked to a couple of times, sharp, super sharp guy, right? Deserved to be in that job he was. But as I started telling about my podcast, he started telling me about his children. He was having a really hard time with his kids and a really hard time with his wife, being the same parent as he was, right? Yeah. Being that same discipline. And I thought, wow, this guy's got, I thought this guy had it all together. <laughs> then when I start drawing him out, yeah. right, he starts telling me about these things. And this is everybody. I don't care who it is. Elon Musk has problems. I got news for you. He has burdens. He has things deep inside of him that he needs to draw out and take care of. But a lot of times as men, especially, we won't admit that, right? Right. Um, I've told people before, listen, I've gotten a corner and cried when I'm impressed, right? Mm-hmm. For five minutes, but then I wipe my tears and get up and go do what I got to do. I got super depressed looking for work because it was getting bad. I mean, I wasn't finding anything. I wasn't getting hits on uh, resumes. I was getting uh, interviewed by kids my kid's age, <laughs> and I'm not getting a job. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? I, yeah. You have no clue what you're even doing in your job. I wouldn't have hired you. <laughs> but um, I persevered, and I got, you know— I landed something good. So, you know, I know it's I know it's hard. I know it's not easy, but what's your choice? Just to be depressed the rest of your life? Right. That's not that's not what I'm gonna do. No, no. And I think that's the greatest thing about your podcast is that it's all about self improvement and yeah. being a better person. And you come at it from all these different angles each time, but it's usually about being better. You know, as an individual, mm-hmm. you know, being better as a parent, as a husband, yeah. as a um, a coworker, as a business owner. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoy the content. I think that is going to translate into public speaking. You know, it's going to be fantastic. I had this conversation with my son yesterday and, and, the, and the, to brag about my kids, I can call any of my kids right now and talk to them. Right. There's no one's on the outs. We don't have any issues with each other. And I said, you know, son, understand that we screwed – us parents, we screwed you up pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah. I had – I raised my kids at love at times out of guilt because of bad relationships. I didn't make the best decisions when I was 30. Who does, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, 
and we were talking about spanking kids and all these other things. And I said, look, it's on me, but you're at the age of accountability and he has five children now. Wow. So you have to, you know, do a better job than I did. Every generation should be better. Correct. I don't know if that's happened in the last three, but every generation should be better, smarter, making better decisions. We should have less problems. Mm-hmm. You'd think that would happen. doesn't always happen. We're, we lose focus on ourselves a lot of times, and then it manifests itself in other in bad places. Well, people have commented that today's, I guess, millennials mm-hmm. might be the first generation that will be worse off than their parents. Um, I still don't know if I really buy into that. I mean, granted, you know, their parents, people have enjoyed real estate and appreciating values and the market and the economy has changed. But I don't know, speaking for myself, I've been fortunate. My, I believe that I've been in the, each subsequent generation has taken a step up and that's good. Yeah. My kids are way better off than I was. Yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. And through their own work, right? It wasn't me. I, I didn't. I mean, I might have been encouraging, but they they got educated. They did things that I didn't do. I, I did a podcast on millennials and how baby boomers, which I just make baby boomer, I'm almost a Gen X. We were just tough, right? We were a lot tougher. We we had less supervision. We did more stupid things. And I told all these stories, and I got so many listens that I said, well, I'm going to do another. I'm going to do part two. And I called it part do because we would know what that means. Yeah. Millennials wouldn't even know what it means. <laughs> and then I started thinking as I was talking about this with my kids and stuff, I said, you know what? That's not what my podcast is about. Yes, it was funny. There were some good stories. It's really about that that generation, or the, the millennials, Gen X, baby boomers, we all have serious issues that we've had to deal with. Yeah. And it's from bad stuff or sad stuff that's happened around us or to us, right? Because sometimes stuff will just happen around us. We don't have anything to do with it, but we have to we have to help with the fallout, Yeah. right? And if we haven't taken care of ourselves, if we haven't done those things and, and got our minds straight, we're not going to handle those things very well, right? I lost my dad when I was very young. I lost my mom in, in 1997. I lost grandparents. I lost all these people when I was younger. I mean, I was going to funerals. Like, I went to 19 funerals in, in 2019. Oh, my God. Yeah. And every age, right, from babies to 85-year-old wow. people. And it just was stuff happening around me. Now, I wasn't depressed from it because I feel like I have an understanding of death, mm-hmm. whatever it is my understanding is. So I wasn't depressed by it, but it was definitely things that were going on around me and to me and, you know. So you so you got two ways. You can sit in that corner and cry for five hours or you can do it for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you got to deal with it. And you have other – you know, I have a lot of people counting on me. I have grandkids watching me now too. So am I perfect? <laughs> no. If you know me, you know I have stuff. But – you know, when we're making decisions, we got to kind of look at them looking at us and go, okay, this is the way to handle this. You know? Yeah. I mean, we have, to, we have to provide good guidance. We have to be a good example. Yeah. But you're right. I think, yeah, again, I'm similar to you. I think when my children are in a much better position at this time in their life when, than when I was at that age. Um, and that's good. But, mm-hmm. you know, mixed results depending on what people's different family backgrounds. But, yeah, depending on where you are in life. And the things that happen, I mean, a lot of crap happens, right? Yeah. You know, whether it's in your family life or disruption in the economy or, I mean, you know, anything could happen. Yeah. And and kids are the ones that are having to deal with it. And it's tough. It is. But when you're going through those things, as a, and my daughter will call me and say, what can I do about this? 
um, two things about that. I said, well, you've got to handle it at a certain level because your daughter's watching you, right? Right. You got to teach her how to handle it. The second thing is she'll call me and ask me, well, you know, I have this work situation. What should I do? I said, what would you tell your kids to do? Good. Because you'll never tell your kids intentionally, hopefully, you'd never steer your kids wrong, right? Right. So if you say, well, if, if, if that was, if your daughter proposed what you just said to me, what would you tell her to do? And there's your answer. You know, I had a situation once I, I witnessed somebody steal something at a grocery store when I worked there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think he was stealing it. I thought someone gave it to him. And, this, and the manager says to me, his manager too, says, did he take this? And I didn't tell him right away. And I called my mom, right? I was 19 years old. My dad had passed away. I was 20 years old. My dad had passed away. And I said, mom, what should I do? She goes, you know what to do already. You already know what to do. You got to tell the truth. Right. right? It ruined my relationship with the one guy, but I had to, you know, the guy put me in a bad spot. Now, shame on him for doing that, first Mm -hmm. of all. But I had to do what I had to do. Now, I'm not saying I'm Mr. Noble. Believe me, I'm not noble (laughs) at any level. But that was a good lesson, right? And I've said this to my kids. You already know what to do. You're just trying to get me to, you know, confirm Mm -hmm. it. And and I'll be happy to do that. But my my son's in a corp in the corporate world, so we have very good conversations about corporations, and um, and I know a lot about that stuff. I don't really care a lot about that stuff, but I know a lot about it, so I can kind of talk him down sometimes when he's feeling a little frustrated. Mm-hmm. So that's good. I have great conversations with my kids about things like this. So well, it's interesting too how like you know, you kind of know what the right thing to do is in, mm-hmm. in a lot of these situations, especially for us, we have so much life experience. Yeah. And when you say, what advice would you give your children? That's a really good thing to, to ask yourself. Sure. Because when we're dealing with personal issues and we're not sure what to do, the answer's there. We're just maybe afraid to go there mm-hmm. uh, because we know that it's going to be a tough road yeah. to resolve it the way it should be resolved. Um, but, um, yeah, sometimes just being a coach for our own selves is a good way to go if you can kind of find that third-party per- perspective. Yeah. Well, it's that, you know, at 20 years old, I would I was instantly wanted to settle things physically, right? Yeah. Just just beat the shit out of the guy. That's, yeah. That's settle everything. Obviously, I can't do that now. Well, I can do it physically, <laughs> <laughs> but but I shouldn't and I don't I don't want to go to jail. But so you do and you know the other thing is I tell the kids a lot and anybody on my podcast we make stuff a really big deal. It's really not a big deal a lot of times, right? Oh, yeah. Like, stuff will happen in the government where you're like, well, it's not really affecting me. I mean, it could. It could cost me a couple dollars down the road. Yeah. But I don't need for that to weigh in so much on me that I lose focus on what I'm trying to do. Right. <coughs> well, and that's true. I mean, because – and we talked a little bit about this before we got started, how – there's so many distractions. So many. You know, whether it's the politics or it's news or it's any number of things that can get you off track yeah. from what you want to try to achieve in life. You know, so how do you kind of coach people on that? How do you stay focused to your mission without getting dragged down? Well, the first thing they can do is turn off the TV. Right. Here's what I'll say. I'll answer that question, but let me say this. I, I'll see people that have told me, I really want to do this in life, right? I really want to get my degree or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. And then five minutes later, they're binge watching something on Netflix. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, there's, you know, about 12 hours a week or night that you could have spent, you know, reading a book yeah. or doing something. We do not watch a lot of TV, have not ever really watched a lot of TV in my house. Mm-hmm. But understand when I was a kid, 
until I was 12 years old, we, we didn't even have, we didn't have a color TV till I was 12. So the ones before that were black and white. There was only three channels. Yeah. Right. I Six, eight, that. and 10. So yeah. that's kind of that one of those millennial versus boomer <laughs> things. Yeah. So, um, now I forgot the question. Oh, so turn off the TV. Yeah. Okay? Get off of Facebook. Right. Or whatever. Don't watch the news. Mm-hmm. I think the news is just poison anymore. It didn't. It seemed to me in the '60s and '70s when we watched the news. Of course, in the '60s I was really little. We got the same information at every angle, right? Might have been a different guy giving it. Mm-hmm. Right? Might have been a Walter Cronkite or someone else. When we got into this fake news, it's been this topic over the last five years. I don't know what's true or what's false anymore. With the way we can change pictures and do everything, I, I don't believe anything anymore. <laughs> so I do stay current yeah. with things online. But, again, I only believe about 5% of what I read. Yeah. You know? yeah. I actually, when I listen to your podcast, I get a lot more information because you research things. You're very organized. I am I'm organized in a different way than you. So I get a lot of information from you. So if you don't do a podcast one week, I'm like, where the hell's John at? I need to <laughs> kind of get caught up on local stuff. Right. So my advice to people is to get, yeah, you got to get rid of the distractions, right? Correct. And um, my mom said to me once, a priest told her that say no to your kids as little as possible. And when you do have a really good reason. Hmm. And that kind of goes back to that. Are we overthinking this issue? Uh, with our kids, you know, so they spilled milk. So what? It's right. spilled milk. Do they do it every night? Well, then you're like, what the hell's wrong with you? Right? Mm-hmm. Get them a kitty bowl to drink it up. I don't know what you do. So yeah, I would say get rid of distractions. You have to, you know, reading is really underrated anymore because we have Audible and we have all these things. And I think it's good to just sit down and I read. I'd like to read more, but. The two the two problems I have with reading is one of it's usually regurgitated material, you know, especially sales information. It's just all regurgitated. So, um, but I can't read fiction, so I got to read a reality book. Like my wife's the fiction reader, I'm the reality person. Mm-hmm. And if I get her to, if I t- ask her to read a reality book, she's, she'll get about two pages in and give it back to me and go, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are like that. You know, yeah. it's either fiction or nonfiction. Um, but, you know, reading is, yeah, it's powerful because it powerful. we have to constantly be educating ourselves, getting better, as we say. Mm-hmm. But you're right. There are a lot of distractions in life and a lot of traps. And so, I don't know, I, sometimes I like to gamify life. You know, and think of it as, yeah, there are all these traps on the road yeah. to yeah. success. That's a good way. And, uh, and to try to avoid them and find your pathway. Um, but it's, it's, it's tough. It is really tough. And, and to get people to put their phone down and just focus. Yeah, that, these yeah. phones are really Because you need really to like really have, I mean, no matter what your goal is, you need to be focused for an hour, two, three hours at a time and just really focus on something to really accomplish it. Well, and we're guilty of that my wife and I will be sitting on the couch texting each other funny things. <laughs> so the funny, so if you look at like the algorithms on my phone, if you pulled up TikTok, you would get a lot of positive message stuff, right? Because I listen to that and then I save it and I listen to it before I go to bed sometimes or I'll listen to it at the gym. I mean, hours of it, dude, like... People yelling at me to be better. Nice. I was. I got out of the car one time, and when I was working for the chamber, I was going to the city for a meeting, and that someone pulled up, and I had the door open on the car, and they're like, "Why do you listen to people yelling at you?" I said, "No, it's not yelling. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are like motivational guys, and yeah. they're just they do. It's a little theatrical, right? Yeah. 
But I, I like that stuff. So it does sound like people are yelling at me. Well, all the it's time. like, you know, they, they say garbage in, garbage out. But this is the opposite, right? It's like good stuff in and good stuff yeah. out. Because I need that sometimes. Sometimes people need to be told, you know, oh, yeah. stop effing around and get, get going. Well, you know? yeah, because I, and this goes back to what I said earlier. I think people have a tendency to drift in life mm-hmm. um, unless they are self-aware and they have a focus and a goal in mind. Um, and when they're doing that, when they're using rationality, using reason, yeah. and they're kind of getting rid of all those distractions, then I think they're set up for success. See, I think that's why the gym is such a good metaphor, for me anyway, is I have headphones on. I cannot hear anything that's going on because they're noise-canceling headphones. Mm-hmm. I have a plan, right? I know what body parts I'm doing. I know how many sets and how many reps and how many everything. It's the most boring thing in the world, lifting weights, right? But it takes me away from... The phone from society. I don't ever get on my phone unless I'm fast forwarding a song, and I usually try to just talk to Siri to do it. Mm-hmm. And but everybody's on their phones in the gym, right? Sitting on mostly millennials, unfortunately, yeah. doing you know texting their girlfriend or looking at these kids. I saw this kid the other day. And he was in the he was in the rack and he's lifting and he's looking at himself in the mirror, right? Oh, yeah. And he's about maybe 125 pounds, and he's <laughs> and I'm like, really, bro. <laughs> I think they should take the mirrors out of the gym, by the way. But yeah. um, but so the gym is very – I can really focus in the gym. And there's stuff – look, I don't want to lift weights all the time. I like it kind of, but it's heavy. The weights are heavy, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. And it's like <laughs> – especially when I got to do legs because like, I'm not – I'm almost 61. I really don't want to do legs anymore. But it's a big muscle in your body. You got to keep you know doing it. But it's a great time for me just to block everything out. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. And no, even if someone calls, I never answer the phone in the gym. So um, it's that's how I kind of do my well, you, thing. The great thing about going to the gym, and granted, I need to go to the gym, but uh, it's it's you're working on yourself. Mm-hmm. You're putting yourself first, right? And and I think that's a, it's a really fulfilling thing, you know. To that's exactly what I'm talking about. And, yeah. And, you know, people go, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. I said, that's fine. Go for a walk, right? Just go go 15 minutes out, 15 minutes back. Take 30 minutes and just get your blood moving. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it? The, there was an actor on uh, one of these talk shows. They were asking, what advice would you give? You know, he was 79 years old. What advice would you give per, uh, somebody, a young person? He says, keep moving, right? You got to keep your body moving all the time. Right. And um, that's all you need to do, you know. To stay in shape is just keep moving. Yeah. And, you know, address your diet a little bit. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we used to go to McDonald's maybe twice a month on Friday because my mom was tired from working all week and who knows where my dad was. And it was a treat. There's a a fast food joint every 25 feet now. Oh, yeah. We didn't have that when we were kids, right? We only had – you had Jack in the Box McDonald's. I think remember Oscars. Remember when they had car hops? My mom was a car hop for a while. Not Pat and Oscars. Oscars, a restaurant. And they had car hops, like an A&W root beer. Oh, wow. No, I'm not familiar with that. Okay. They had one, and my mom did it for a while. And then, so, but we just, first of all, we couldn't afford to go out to eat all the time. I think a hamburger was 19 cents. <laughs> Most of the millennials that are listening just passed out. I know. And um, <laughs> so my mom could feed us and get us some RC Cola, right, for 10 bucks or whatever. Yeah. $15. But we just, that was a treat for us. We didn't get to do it all the time. So we didn't have these food issues, right? No one was allergic to peanut butter. It seemed. I don't think there was nobody had an allergy. Yeah, we ate pretty well. Actually, we didn't. There wasn't a lot of packaged foods. The grocery stores were half the size they are now. Um, so I think the food was better. So we didn't have. We had much thinner society back then. Right. That's that's the best political way I can say it. I won't say any more about that. But <laughs> it was a different time, and in that 
in that situation, I think it was a better time for people, right? Now, I've talked to my kids about this and said, listen, the government was screwing us, right? There was somebody screwing you. It was just less people. <laughs> right. right. There's more of them doing it to you now. There was just less people. And we didn't have social media to find out they were doing it. Hmm. They were behind the curtain like this one behind us. Right. Taking your money. Yeah. So we didn't have we didn't have that angst when we were kids, right? Because we didn't have the uh, – I was thinking – I was talking on one of my podcasts and I said – I remember somebody talking about Pete Rose, and he he had a bad game, and they lost, and he came home, and he sat on the end of his bed and, like, cried and locked himself in a room, and his wife's like, what are you, for?" <laughs> right? And this was Pete Rose's personality. Yeah. Well, we didn't really know that until later in life. Right. Um, we didn't know Johnny Bench was, like, an alcoholic, I think, at some level when he was playing. Mm-hmm. But now, if Tom Brady, I saw today that he has a Rolex, which means he's still the GOAT. I mean, every, you know what I mean? Every time somebody's reporting on everything these people do. Right. It makes me want to hate some athletes and, and love others. And then, you know, it's just there's so much information. You got to block out that information to finish the question. It was, you just got to put it off to the side. You can put your phone down. I've forgotten my phone at home. And went somewhere and didn't die, by the way. He didn't. No. And I got home and the phone was still there. Everything was good. Your head didn't explode. My head did not explode. You know, no anxiety issues. Um, Yeah. No, it was all good. But it's hard. I mean, if you're a young person, a teenager, high school, college kid, yeah, I mean, they're just getting pummeled with information, whether it's quality information from the news or, yeah. or poor quality or advertising or, or uh, social media content, it's overwhelming. You overwhelming. Know? And, and, and you have to, and this is, I think, important for us as parents, is to teach them to filter it, teach them what to look for, and ultimately teach your kids how to make good choices yeah. so they can handle it down the road. My oldest daughter posted something on Facebook one time, and it wasn't inappropriate by any means, but it was... Definitely not great business sense. And I said, I'd, I'd take that off. Mm-hmm. I'd be careful what I posted. I don't – I post a lot on Facebook, LinkedIn, and all that. But it's always about business, uh, motivational stuff, or my kids, right, or grandkids. It's always – right. I don't post anything negative. That doesn't mean I have a Facebook life and I'm trying to keep that from people. It's just none of their business. And who? what value is it to them to know that something's wrong with me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to just keep it positive on social. I love social media, by the way. I, I, well, we talk on it. I mean, mm-hmm. I have five times as many friends as I did in high school because of social media. Right. You know? I talk to people. I have a guy that's going to come on my podcast that I met through LinkedIn that's in another, in the other side of the world. Cool. I mean, it's nice. I, I love it if you use it the way I use it. I, I don't have any issue with it. And even TikTok, I know it's, there's all this talk about China and all this. And it's funny. They go, Ed, they have your information. I'm like, they have it already. They yeah, already right. had it. It's not like well, I'm a- waiting for the rich guy to put money in my account. <laughs> when they go to my bank account, they go, oh, this poor bastard. I gotta, we got to help this guy well, the, out. The TikTok thing to me is BS because, yeah, I mean, already Google knows about our personal information. They sell it. They market it. Mm-hmm. You know, so does Facebook and a lot of other companies. And we could debate the morality and the legality of doing right. all that. But the point, you're right. The point is, is the data is already there. I just think it's something that the government gets, creates hysteria, creates fear, and then gives them ex- an excuse to shut down speech. And, and I'm worried about that. I think there's some, listen, we're into these groups now, right? We have all these groups. It's no more human rights. It's this rights and this rights and that rights. And, 
you know, we all we all got to segregate ourselves. You know, Morgan Freeman was on 60 Minutes probably 20 years ago. And Mike Wallace said to him, well, what do you do about, you know, racism? He said, stop talking about it. Right. You just keep bringing it up. Yeah. And we've, we're masters at segregating people. And mm-hmm. it's, it kind of happened more, it seemed like, in the last administration where we were starting to really segregate a lot more. I say to people all the time, you know what I want to happen? I want nine twelve to happen again, right? The day after nine <laughs> eleven, when everybody was holding hands and we were hugging each other, you need we need more of those days. Not the tragic part of that right. day, but we need more of these. We need to unite as Americans. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have months for people now. We have days for people. We have this. We have that. It's crazy. Well, Morgan Freeman talked about that because in that same interview that Wallace asked him. Do you think there should be a Black History Month? And he goes, No, I don't. Yeah. And then, and then, and because he, was, he said American is Black History. Yeah. yeah. And then he went on further and he asked Mike Wallace. He says, "You're Jewish, right?" And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Should, should there be a Jewish History yeah, Month?" I remember this. And Mike Wallace said, "No." He goes, "See." I but, know. But I agree with you. I think when we label people, create all these different identity groups, it tends to divide rather than unify, and. Uh, you know, that's why I always preach about life, liberty, pursuit of happiness mm-hmm. in my podcast, because it's about individuals is who you're looking to and individual rights. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking yesterday, and this is a topic we probably don't want to get on. I'm just going to bring up a little because it could take five hours to talk about this. I don't think you should be able to tell an employer who he can hire. And I, if a guy doesn't want to hire somebody because they have blonde hair versus black hair, that's up to them. Now. The way you hit people in the pocketbook is, remember Texaco in Texas had these, um, they were had a really derogatory racial comments in a meeting and it was recorded and they, you know, I haven't been to a Texaco since that happened. Mm-hmm. I will not go to Texaco. I won't go to a Denny's. They had the same problem. They were, you know, being racist back. That's how you hit people in the pocketbook. Right. Like how Bud Light's, like what's <laughs> yeah. happened with Bud Light, yeah. right? Yeah. Or what's happened with Target. That's how yeah. you hit these customers. Right. If someone wants to be a racist and own a company, good luck. Yeah. I'm not going to shop there. Correct. We c- how can you have a guy open a company, risk his entire life, and then tell him he has to hire a certain person because, you know, it should be up to the business owner. Correct. And hit them in the pocketbook. They won't survive. I get news for you. People right. are smart, and they don't put up with that crap. But- when you start doing that, you start giving the wrong people control. Mm-hmm. Look at all the people that have moved out of California because of the way they do business here. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that just a light bulb go off and go, wow, we're doing something wrong. We probably should reorganize how we're doing things. Right. I mean, well, we talked a little bit uh, on my, my podcast about the Urban Leaf, the, the cannabis dispensary in Rancho Bernardo. Mm-hmm. They were trying to get approval. It took them over four years. To get approval. I do remember you talking about And, that. you know, we, we can say what we want about cannabis, but it's a business person should be able to set up business. But, yeah, you're right. The, the people tell them you, you can't set up shop. This is who you can and cannot hire. This is how much you're supposed to pay them. You know, so there's a lot of intrusion. The pay thing, though, I don't know. You could argue the pay thing's a little different than what I'm the point I'm trying to make. You do have to have some guideline where people listen. Here's another pass out moment. Now that the millennials have woken back up, minimum wage was one sixty five an hour when I was started working. Yeah, nineteen seventy eight, nineteen seventy eight, and I I made more than that because I worked in the groceries and they they chose to pay us more and we were in a union. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I I just 
you know, Poway's bad about that. There's a couple of businesses they won't let in Poway. Oh, yeah. And um, when I was running the chamber, I got a call from a very upset woman that was mad about Poway weapons and gear being in the chamber. And I said, well, first of all, what they're doing is legal. Right. Right. They've gotten all their ducks in a row. And whether you like guns or not, that, that just tells you probably won't go there and buy anything. Exactly. Right? I mean, that's that's how. But it's obviously doing well. Mm-hmm. You know, it cranks up there. I've bought weapons from there. So bought and I don't a word. But <laughs> they have a shooting range, too, don't they? They do. Yeah, and it's like indoors. it's a beautiful facility, and the mm-hmm. guy does real well. And um, you know, but there's certain things like the cannabis. Listen, I don't, I don't partake in that. Right? It's I'm kind of I feel like I'm older or too old. I mean, maybe God forbid I get some disease, I got to manage pain. But that's not my business, right? Right. It's if you want to do it, just don't do it while you're driving when I'm out. If you don't exactly. mind, um, yeah. But you know, it's not like alcohol's been curbed at all. <laughs> you know, anywhere there's probably. Listen, you never get. How many times do you hear of a person that's high on weed getting a speeding ticket, right? I mean, it's kind of a, the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't usually hurt people in the car. They usually can't find their car once they're high. Yeah, so. they're usually just chilling on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sending text messages Sending to their wife, right? To me, yeah. Sending text messages to me. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I, I'm I'm not big with all that intrusion. and need, Nobody is with the government, but... Um, I, back to the groups. I just, I just want us to be people, just humans, right? Yeah. And just stop hating on everybody. You know? Correct. Yeah. I mean, just it's like the golden rule, you know, just yeah, treat exactly. people like you want to be treated, and uh, just extend the same respect that you would expect from them. I yeah. went to when I interviewed for this job. I wore a, a shirt and I didn't wear a tie, but I wore a jacket, and and a guy I could see the guy looking at my hands, right? Yeah. Tattoos. I come from the construction business. This is like, this gets you on job sites, right? They go, oh, he looks like one of us. Yeah. But I could tell. And he isn't mine now because now I'm working for him. But uh, it's funny. I'll get looks sometimes. We were in Las Vegas last year and this, or no, in Hawaii two years ago. And this woman got in the elevator and just up, looked me up and down. Like, you could, like, feel the tension. And I'm like, wow, I don't think that woman likes tattoos, but I'm not going to hurt her. Right. You know? Well, but, you know, you go to Vegas and God, every, you get people from all over. This oh, could yeah. have been some like really conservative oh, church going sure. folk from South Dakota that have never been exposed to people with tattoos. Yeah. No, I get looks. I mean, no doubt about it. And I never wanted to do my arms, but I did a tattoo for my mom. And I said, well, I'm not putting that hiding that tattoo. Yeah. Well, then you don't have any tattoos, do you? No. All right. Well, once you get one. It's a little addictive. So I, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think I'd say, oh, I'm going to get one and that's it. <laughs> well, it's a big one. <laughs> I, when I was a kid, I remember I made a vow to myself and I would never dye my hair or, mm. or you know, get a toupee or anything. And I would never get a tattoo. And uh, but now uh, the tattoo thing, I still never gotten one. But yeah. I'm that was a stupid thing that I decided as a kid. So well, I, would, I didn't get my first tattoo until I was 48. 48. Wow. Yeah. See, I'm open to it, but I've just never really gone down further down the path of saying, what do I want to do? But I don't rule it out anymore. Well, when we grew up, if you had a tattoo, you were either a biker or a military. Yeah. Or, that was kind of the thing. Or right. a, bad, a bad guy. Right? A bad guy. Rock yeah. and roll guy or whatever. Yeah. Thank God I didn't get tattoos when I was 19 or 20. I would have had ACDC across my back, <laughs> bam, hanging down my leg. So that I'm glad I didn't get I waited. And I always tell my kids, wait, try not, don't get a tattoo where people can see them, especially women. No offense, but, yeah. you know, sometimes, well, they didn't listen. I mean, you know, I yeah. have some kids that have a lot of them, some kids that don't. Yeah. 
know, it's just it, things are different now. And I think you, you, if you talk to millennials, it's rare to find one that doesn't have a tattoo. I know. It, you know, it's and, a, the whole yeah. world's changed. Well, it doesn't mean anything. You know, I, I know when my kids were growing up, they would color their hair like not highlights, like pink. Right? Yeah. And uh, we let them get pierced prior to being 18 because I figured, well, that can just come out. And a couple of the girls got pierced and had to take it out because of jobs. Okay. And you just thought, earrings or more than that? No. One, they did their nose, like just a little okay. thing on their nose. And then one day my daughter was talking to me and she was like this, you know. Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> you got your, I won't say the word, you got your lips pierced. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. And she's my rebel kid anyway. But, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I don't really care. Like, no. I, I run into people all the time that's got, and I, you know, some te- some of these artists are, my guy used to work for Apple. He's a graphic artist. Yeah. He, he's amazing. I mean, yeah. maybe we'll have a tattoo podcast one day and get all these. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, well, and we can talk about them, but. It is. It's a legit art form. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of these hangups that we, like, especially we're similar age. When we were younger, there was all of these sort of constructs in society that this is good and this yeah. is bad, you know, and a lot of that is melting away for some of us that maybe we feel maybe we're more enlightened, but there's still a lot of people that are stuck. Oh, 100%. You know, in those, you know, uh, kind of binary world of good and bad, they can't see it for what it is. Yeah. Well, can't get, I'm not getting rid of them now, so no, that's, that's <laughs> the way it's going to be. Well, when I first ran the chamber, the first day I was there, all the board members went, yeah, they kind of looked at you? me, they're like, uh, do we... Did we park in your spot? I said, no, I'm here to run the chamber. Well, because Poway is funny. a conservative city. Yeah. You know, and yeah. So that's just kind of the old school mentality. Yeah. You know, it's different. Cool. So tell me a little bit about your podcast. How's it going? It's going good. I mean, obviously, I want more listeners. And every, you know, every podcast, I get a couple more, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, I'm I'm getting a lot more interest on LinkedIn. Um. I'm I'm working on doing more marketing to the podcast, and you're kind of a great example because you're doing a lot of th- – the problem with what you're doing for me is I don't have the time right now because I'm working – I know you work full-time, but mm-hmm. I have two kids at home too, and I have other yeah, that's things a lot. going on. So um, I really want to get better at those uh, YouTube shorts, mm-hmm. and you were talking about the right, upright um, you know, for your phone and things yeah. like that. So I'm kind of studying that as we go here. I'm reading up on my cameras. So when I start, you know, I've got better cameras. i got better lighting now. And so it's going good. I would much rather have it go faster. But, uh, you know, these things take time. Yeah, they do. And, I, don't, and, I can't pay someone to do it full time, you know, do all the production work and all that. Right. Which would be awesome because there's a lot of great companies out there that could help you. I told you I get a lot of, lot of um, interest from people in India. My problem with people from India is not that I don't like the people and they don't do good work. It's just I just have this hang up about sending money to someone in India. Well, have you ever, have you ever used Fiverr? F-I-V-E-R? I've looked into that for some other thing. I was trying to animate a video. So I have this guy that animates my videos mm-hmm. and he hardly charges anything in um, in uh, India. And I used to use him or uh, Brilliant Marketing Ideas uses him. So I trusted him, right? And he's awesome, right? So he he does stuff for me. It's just if somebody like if somebody didn't do the work I was supposed to do and I gave them a bunch of money if I, if they were in the U.S. I could go to their office and yeah and talk to them. But th- that's the thing with Fiverr is yeah. that it's a U.S. company and and a lot of these freelancers are in India, Pakistan, Philippines. Right. I mean they're everywhere. But they make it easy to manage it. They build trust 
And so then they have a, a process if, if you got screwed over. And I've, I've used that for a lot of different oh, things. I'll have to go back to that. And it's never been a problem. And now, granted, you know, the, the worker makes, you know, compared to America, it makes a relatively low wage. And then you got to pay a little extra on top of it for fiber. But in the end well, result, it's good. That, yeah. So the, the, I had this one guy in India that I was, I was almost ready to pull the trigger. It was like $600 for the services. And then I found a guy in the U.S. It was like 900 And I'm like, well, that's or it was like more than that. It was like 1800 It was really a big jump. Yeah. And I go, well, I can't afford you and I can't trust you right now. So I didn't do anything. But that fiber, I, I like I said, I had gone on to learn how to – I wanted somebody to animate my video and I ended up finding a local guy to do it. Yeah. But then I had two more done from this guy in India and he did a great job. Or Bangladesh or somewhere. Listen, there's all these brilliant minds all over the world that we can use. It's just when I start doing commerce with them, you know – well, I, I, commerce bothers me. It's never been a problem for me. And and up Upwork is another one that's similar to that. Okay. You see them advertise on TV a lot. Um, but I've had, um, you know, kind of the virtual assistants or outsource workers do graphic design for me. I've had them do video editing. I've had them do uh, um, search engine optimization tasks for me. Oh, nice. You know, and uh, they do good work. And I was really pleased. I mean, and, and you can screen. You can find the ones that have the most five-star reviews. And so you know you're getting a that. reputable yeah. source. Um, and it's been really helpful. But still, as a podcaster, you know, it's not like we're making a million dollars a year behind a microphone. No. So, you know, you, you want to be able – you don't want to spend a ton of money on production if you're not bringing it in through your podcast. Yeah. And I have finally built a website through Wix, which is – it's okay. I mean, it could be enhanced a lot, but mm-hmm. at least I have one. And, um, you know, something I was talking about earlier that when I first got here, you know, <clears throat> you use – in some ways your your podcast is easier than mine because you can, you can take information that's produced for you, right, and organize it mm-hmm. and then talk about it and talk about your opinions to it. Mm-hmm. Then you get people that – Respond and say no, that's not right. That's I don't agree with that. Like, mine's much more. My content's much more um, off the cuff, right? It's off. It's what the things that I've learned to believe or whatever, and it's not as much of a variety because I kind of want to stay in my lane, right? But one of the things I post something positive on Facebook every morning. You do. I get up. I put a positive thing on, and I I steal them. I don't make them up, right? I take them from somewhere or wherever. And if I ever stop doing that for a couple of days, I always get someone to text me and say, dude, you're all right. You know, you okay? Or, or I'll get the, man, I really needed that today. And it keeps me oh, doing yeah. it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know how you knew I needed that, but I really needed that today. And I feel like the podcast is the same way. I'll get restra- responses said, I don't know. I just really needed to hear what you said today. So I want to keep that going. So. I regurgitate a lot of my information and say it in a different way. And I said, one of the reasons I don't like to be super organized is because if I'm pissed off that day and I do a podcast, <laughs> it comes off different. Yeah. It doesn't come off negative necessarily, but the language I use is different. Everything's different versus – and even the time of day I do them. If I do one in the morning, I'm usually in a better mood, right, if I haven't been to work or whatever. So – but a lot of people I – I, I use the analogy of real estate people, right? There's so many real estate agents in San Diego, for instance. I mm-hmm. mean, tons. Why would anybody get a real estate license? Because I'm going to do it better than them, right? Right. Podcasts, there's like 80 million podcasts, right? And a lot of them mm-hmm. are what I do, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about positivity, things like that, getting over limitations. Why would you do it? Because I think I can do a better job than them, right? And I have different listeners, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to – maybe I hit a different age group or whatever. So 
as much as I kind of wanted to stop doing it at some level, I just finished my 100th podcast. Awesome. Congrats. They say statistically a podcast lasts seven months before somebody quits. And I'm two years now. Yeah. And how long have you been doing it? For five. Yeah. So, I mean, we're kind of over that threshold, right? The yeah. fail threshold. And you never know what's going to come up. Like you have, you know, Lightner in here and your hacksaw and all this guy. I'm, I'm kind of looking for that bump too, right? Mm-hmm. At some point, someone's going to go, oh, you got to listen to this guy. He's funny. He cusses, whatever, <laughs> whatever the, mm-hmm. whatever the, uh, what they like about it. And I'm kind of looking for that too. So I know that my demographics are changing a little bit. I'm back down to like 35 to 47 mm-hmm. is where I'm getting my listening, which I'm surprised because it seems like a, it's an older group. My listenings, you know, my numbers are going up. So I'm just going to keep pushing forward and doing it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of what your messaging is so positive, it's sort of self-reinforcing for yourself. 100%. You know, so the more you t- you're talking about it, you're pumping yourself up. I've told people a million times, I don't necessarily post on Facebook for you. I post for me. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Because I got to go. And I'm in sales. So, I mean, you can't show up and go, do you want to buy this thing? And they're like, not from you. Yeah. Versus, hey, how you doing? My name's Ed. I'm here to sell you this. Yeah. You know, when you're... So I don't want to be Eeyore, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to die. <laughs> this, well, you know, it, it's, I went through a kind of a similar evolution when I started, because um, in the beginning, I just interviewed local political candidates. They were running for Poway City Council or school board or Poway mayor. And that was a great format. And then once election season was over, I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? And so then I did similar to you where I would just kind of pick a topic and I sort of had a rough outline and I would just kind of go and uh, it would be 30 minutes, 60 minutes. And, uh, you know, it it was more organic than the way I do it now because I'm a lot more structured today because I've learned some things along the way. Um, But. One of the things that I think is important for me is that I used to think I'm a podcaster, and I realized that's the wrong way to think. It's I got to think of, I'm John Riley. This is my brand. This is my message. Yeah. And then podcasting is one way I deliver that. Social media is another. Public speaking is another. Maybe I'll write a book. You know, There's all these different ways to communicate that core message and that core brand. Yeah. And I think that's powerful. Well- yeah, I probably turned that corner now where I'm just like my podcast is it's fun, right? I mm-hmm. do get good positive feedback from it. It does help me. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of look at it as a legacy, too, for my kids. I oh, mean, yeah. I just told you I had my 18th grandchild last week. That's unbelievable. Um, at some point, um, I want to do a podcast where I talk about the kids to the kids to each individual kid about their life and things like that. Nice. I, if I could get through it without breaking up, right, you know, <laughs> crying, yeah. I would probably do it because I think it'd be important for their kids to hear my perspective on them, on their parents. Mm-hmm. Listen, when we, we, we all have this perspective on who our parents were as people and this and that, and we're probably way off, right? Oh, totally. Because we weren't around when they were in their formative years, formative. And, um, but I had an interesting thing happen. So when my dad passed away at 19, I worked nights and my mom, I lived with my mom. And I would come home from work and we would have these wonderful discussions about my dad and her and life. And I really got to know her as a person. And I don't think people get that opportunity much. Right. So I could talk to her for like three or four hours while I ate breakfast or whatever. And then I'd go to bed and get up and go to work the next day because she wasn't working. And uh, it really 
helped me when she passed away. I didn't really have any regrets. Right? I had no zero regrets, actually, mm-hmm. because I got to know her and I kept in touch with her and I spoke to her a lot on the phone. And I was nowhere near a mama's boy, but I was definitely close to my mom. And it was um, it was empowering for me. And, you know, I talked to Mike. Um, what's his name? He's on your podcast all Mike, the time. Mike Devine? No, no, no. Am I? No. The guy that works in a grocery store. Oh, Mike Ryan. Yeah, Mike Ryan. He's completely blanked out. He was on my podcast, and we talked about his mom, you know. And I felt bad for him because I don't know if he was in the same place, and I hope I don't embarrass him saying this. I don't think he was in the same place with his mom when she passed away that I was when my mom passed away. Yeah, okay. And I was just got super lucky. I mean, it was just a real blessing that I was able to do that. So... Those kind of conversations that I've had, I've had those conversations with my kids, and I think it'd be nice. I've I've told them a lot about me and kids the same way, my wife the same way, and um, and you know since we're in the same area, they know a lot of my friends and things like that. So I mean, I was pretty consistently Ed, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Be careful what you ask me because I'll probably tell you the truth. You may not <laughs> like it, the truth. <laughs> there was, I mean, I've been pretty consistent in that way. I decided not to go corporate type thing, you know, years ago. Obviously, I don't look like it now. But I really was starting to find out that a lot of these corporate people that I was working with were bigger crooks than bikers that I knew, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's, I don't want to be that guy, you know. I just want to work and make money and have my family and things like that. So, um, so if, as long as, and, and I do tell stories on my podcast about my life, right? Good or bad, sometimes I'll tell them. And uh, I'm, I don't really have anything to hide, it's not, you know. Mm-hmm. The stuff I have to hide, I'm not going to tell you anyway. So. Yeah, right. Well, let's. Here, here's what I'd like to do right yeah. now is let's. I mean, this is kind of for our enjoyment and for the audience. Yeah. Let's kind of go through some basic questions about podcasting, and you share your part of the story. I'll share my part of the story. We'll okay. compare notes. You know, again, if you have any questions or comments on the live stream, um, just let us know, um, and we'll get you involved. And. Uh, and Kit is already on there. Mike Ryan McKendry. That's my wife. Yeah, she's uh, jumping in there. So um, let's start with this. Why did you start your podcast? So I've told the story many times. I went to Louisiana to see my daughter, her husband, and her ch- and her daughter, and my granddaughter. And my dad says, or uh, my uh, daughter says, you know, Dad, you should start a podcast. And I said, what's a podcast? She is, she kind of told, and I kind of knew what one was, but I really never listened to one. She goes, you give good advice. You're good at speaking, motivational, stuff like that. And, and so I came back from Louisiana and I called my buddy that's like my, my under 30 mentor, right? And said, mm-hmm. how do I do a podcast? He goes, oh, it's easy. If you have a, you know, if you have a phone and camera. And then I'll back up a little bit. So then when COVID started, I got, and we had to start doing Zoom. I'm big at marketing and branding, things like that. I, I think it's important. So I got green screens and I bought a camera and I had speakers and I had all that. And when you, when I was on a Zoom meeting, my logo was behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a shirt on. And so I was kind of using that. And I think Zoom was great during COVID. I know oh, people yeah. were getting Zoom fatigue. Are you kidding me? No, it's the greatest thing I ever. I could talk to people in Philadelphia and I don't go there, mm-hmm. things like that. So, so I kind of was set up already. So I just started, and I'm not a person that gets nervous about um, speaking in front of anybody. You know, I can I walk into a room, I'm looking for a microphone, right? I'm not <laughs> I'm not a wallflower. I'm, right. I'm saying, who, who do you want me to talk to, and what do you want me to talk about? So that's kind of how it first started, and it's funny because I when I did the hundredth episode, I went back to some of my first ones, and the lighting was terrible, and oh yeah, you know, I got better at that. I bought better lighting, better camera. 
Uh, I don't have a setup like you, but I don't need it because I do it just about everything from Zoom. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of why I started it. And then I just started coming up with topics, right? I just, something would happen to me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk about that, you know, because something's always happening, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, good or bad, you're getting put in a situation where you have to make a decision. And so I just wanted to start saying, you know what? People are interested in this. When I used to talk at the chamber or at a function, people would go, Ed, I'm, you know, when you're done talking, I love hearing you talk and you're talking, that was smart, what you talked about. So I'm like, all right. I mean, I'm no genius, but I can, you know, I can keep up, you know, with most people. I think after being in sales so long, you start to learn a lot about a lot of things just so you can talk to people and let them talk, of course. Right. And they tell you all kinds of shit. I mean, people just bleed out to you. <laughs> and they actually do that to me a lot. It's 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 an odd kind of thing. I tell my wife, why would they tell me that? Because I don't know. People want to tell you stuff. Yeah. The stuff I don't even want to know. But, but they, then I, they feel comfortable with you. Yeah, they feel comfortable. And then I, I'm not a person. That, I'm not trying to fix them. But I tell you, Simon Sinek said something real smart. He says, you don't try to fix people. You just sit in the mud with them, right? So I would <laughs> offer that to people. Say, look, if you just need me to sit in the mud, then I'll do that with you. I, I, I don't mind getting dirty. Mm-hmm. Right? I'll just sit there, and if you just need to cry or need a shoulder or you need to bleed out, you need to say things to people that you don't want repeated, I would do that for you. Anybody. <clears throat> I do that for somebody I don't like just because I, I'm a humanitarian at some level where I just mm-hmm. know – that stuff happens in and around you, and you have to be able to deal with it. So that's kind of how the podcast started. It was pretty simple. And I got better. <clears throat> I've never been nervous to do it. It didn't. My wife would say, how can you sit there and talk to yourself? Right? Because I'm looking at myself when I'm mm-hmm. doing I'm like, well, I don't, I don't really think of it that way. I kind of just yeah. – I, I hope I'm talking to 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't bother me at all. I could literally – I say this joke all the time. I could talk to – you know, 100,000 people in a stadium. And if I didn't wear glasses, I'd only see 10 people. So I'd only be talking to those 10 people. Just the other 900 and, you know, or 90,000 would be hearing it. Right. Because I can't see that far. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just really don't, you know, have an issue with talking in a crowd. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's evident here. When yeah, we have our conversations, me. these are always usually a great chat. You know, the whole notion of sitting in the mud with someone. I mean, I kind of got tuned into that idea with... The women are from Venus and men are from Mars. Yeah. And, you know, where men typically want to, like, solve people's problems. I'm 100%. And where sometimes women just want you to, in this case, sit in the mud with them. They just want you to listen to them and let and be a shoulder to they can lean on. And uh, they get great value out of that. And, you know, obviously that's a sweeping generalization by gender. But uh, it's important skill to have. Well, I had to – I'm a fixer, right, like every other guy. Yeah. But when you have kids, and you know this, you sometimes you got to let them. I, I say this metaphor. We lived on a hill in, when I lived in Poway. And I'd watch, and I li- grew up on that hill. And I crashed on skateboards and bikes and everything else. And I would watch the kids, these kids come down the street, not my kids all the time, and they get the speed wobbles on a skateboard, and then they'd go down. Oh, right? yeah. So I run up the street. They got their heads cut. They're all cut. I couldn't get to them fast enough to stop them. Mm-hmm. But they had to crash to learn a lesson, right? And and I I hate that. I don't want someone to get hurt to learn a lesson, but that's life, right? Yeah. So I had to, with my kids, kind of go, you know what? It's your your business. Your life is your business. I don't want to get involved in it. I don't care what you do. Um, If you ask me for advice, I'll be happy to give it to you. But uh, generally, they kind of figure it out on their own. And I'd Mm -hmm. rather have it that way. I don't want to be – I'm not a helicopter parent, right? Plus, I have stuff to do. 
Yeah. I know that right. sounds bad, but yeah, it's no, like it's you true. got your own life. I got shit to deal with too. Yeah. I have drama at work. I have yeah. you know, I have all that other stuff going on. Um just to say, because my wife's on just to she we have such a good relationship when it comes to and we're not sitting talking to each other every five minutes, but we understand each other so much and we did a smart thing as we waited to get married and she'll say she's probably holding up her fingers at four years right now. Uh-huh. But it was the smartest thing we ever did. So we have such a good relationship. The kids, we 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 have a good. Um, we've set a good example for the kids. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. No one's got a perfect relationship. But we worked. We worked together to get stuff done. Right. She's she's raising kids that you know aren't her kids. Yeah. And never complained once. Never complained about it at all. You know, just does it. So um, she helped me with my girls. I hope I helped her with her girls, and um, you know, we got through. So. That was a long answer to why did you start a podcast? <laughs> well, in the spirit of comparing notes, um, yes. I'll share my answer okay, to that good. question. I may not be as quite as long as yours, though. Um, Probably a good idea. Uh, I discovered, you know, I, I started going down rabbit holes on YouTube. And uh, I discovered this one guy's name is Dave Rubin. And he had a, a YouTube show called The Rubin Report. And he invited on his show guests that were, um, you know, either academics, sometimes people in politics, people in business, authors of books. And he set up this studio in his garage and it was like totally pro. Um, And and he lived up in L.A. at the time. And I liked him personally and I loved what he was doing. And I just love watching. He had really interesting guests. And I said to myself, you know. I can do that. And I, and I think it'd be kind of fun to do that. Yeah. And I said, you know, I can just do it in my little hometown of Poway. And I, there's a lot of interesting people that live in a 10 mile radius of my house, you know, especially people that are successful in various categories of life. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I, I, and I, I enjoy the discussion, you know, about issues and about what's going on and just learning and listening to people. And so uh, I decided, you know, I had been a, candidate for political office in 2014. And I remember then as a politician, we were hungry for any opportunity to talk right. to people. And I thought, oh, this would be perfect. I just have political candidates as my guests. And there'll be a ton of things to talk about that are specific to our local area. So I started it in the fall of 2018. And uh, and it was awesome in the very beginning. You know, It was just after the election season, I had to figure out what to do next. But in the beginning, those first two months, it was on fire. I mean, I had people calling me, wanting to be guests, uh, people in the community that were like, wow, what is this? And it was really cool. And to, you know, get it organized, to get it set up with all the technology, I had to figure it out. And it took me like a month or so before I was confident enough to do something on my own. But boy, it's, it's been just a great thing in my life. I'm really happy about it. Well, and for those of you listening that are interested in doing a podcast or trying it out, if you have an iPhone or Android, you can do a podcast. (laughs) Correct. I mean, you can like I use Anchor. It's kind of Anchor Spotify now for my host. It's free. It's super easy to do. So if you ever wanted to, you know, if any of you ever wanted to do something like that, it's super easy. And you could always contact me um, on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever. And I would. And then I'll when I can't figure out what to tell you, I'll call John and he can. 
you can teach you the right way. But, but you're right. I mean, ultimately, a, a podcast in its purest form is just audio only. So, yeah, you could just record a file, make it an MP3 and upload it, and you've got a podcast yeah. as long as you're set up with a host. Um, but, you know, we like to have fun with this. We're like technology geeks. And so we get the cameras and the lights. I know. Lights I am and- a little bit, too. I'm not – like I said, you have a great setup here. I'm not uh, – my setup pretty cool. I mean, I – yeah, I mean, I have a pretty – my setup works perfect for me right now. Oh, it's great, yeah. I want to change it eventually, but I was going to bring up something else, too. When you were talking about content, you know, I've been I've been fired from jobs. I've quit jobs. I've made – I've rolled the dice sometimes, and it didn't work out. Everybody's has, you know. So I talk about stuff like that, too, on my podcast because people go, oh, yeah, that happened to him, too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I should have been fired, and sometimes I shouldn't have been, by the way. Um I can go back and tell you which jobs were which. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't that I'm not crying about being screwed over. It always worked out. It always got something better. It's just the fact that I can people can relate to some of the stuff I've been through. And I wanted to make it relatable. Like when I – if I'm doing some speaking, I don't really talk about myself. But there's some specific stories that lead to what the point I'm trying to make. And I told somebody the other day, I said, it's very hard for – Someone to relate to Tony Robbins, for instance. Yeah. And Tony Robbins is an interesting guy. He's been married four times. I mean, I've been married three, but he's been married four times. But he always preaches how perfect life can be. And, right? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, it's you, like probably a Del Mar should, Castle yeah, and, you probably should yeah. tell some truth about your story, too. So you can tell him how you figured all this out. Mm-hmm. That's that's the goal. Um, and so I just want to let people know that, look, I've been through it, too. Right? I've been through stuff. And. I always make it a point of saying I haven't reached the pinnacle of anything in life for where I really want to be. Yeah. So we're on a road together here. How do you relate to a Navy SEAL that goes in, SEAL Team 6 goes in, they find Osama bin Laden, they shoot him in the head, and then he writes a book. How do you relate to That's a great story, by the way. Yeah. And I'm so proud of our military. Mm-hmm. But how do you relate to that if you're a realtor? Yeah. You know? you, yeah. So I felt like, well— I kind of think people can relate to me more than they can SEAL Team 6. Like I said, great story, total hero. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not shot anybody, and I am not even with SEAL Team 4. I'm just kidding. But see, <laughs> but you know, the thing, that you're, but you have to I'm integrate. I'm like an otter. I'm not even a SEAL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you have to integrate yourself into your show. I mean, because you can't just be preaching you have to be able to be relatable. Right. And I think making your podcast about yourself is important. And both of us have our name in our podcast. Of and, course. And that's good. Some people don't have their name. And I often think, I wonder if that's the right way to go. Because what makes our shows each unique is us as individuals. Right. And so, and the stories that we could tell in our own, in our own personal history and the people we know is what gives it the flavor. You know, because like you said, there's a bunch of people that talk about the things that you talk about. Yeah. And there's a number of people that talk about the things that I talk about. But we add our own spin to it. And I think that's what makes it interesting for the audience. Yeah, 100%. And I think and, – and that's – yeah. I have a story about everything. You I do. Mean, I do. <laughs> I mean, I, we haven't even gotten started on yeah. shit. And, and it's funny if we'll be out with somebody and I'll say, well, let me tell you. And Kit's like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Can I get another water, please? We're going to be here a while. I'll tell you, but I want to back up to that audience thing. Did you ever see that Garth Brooks on Netflix, The kind of the story of his life, how he got to where he's at? No. So it's really good. And um, 
it's it's not about the Garth Brooks piece. It's about he was going. You know, he started off these honky tonks, and he went quit, and he went back. To, he went to Nashville and quit, and went back. He was going to quit, and someone talked him into going back to Nashville. So he's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So they say, well, we're gonna we're gonna do a concert at Madison Square. I'm not, excuse me, in in uh, in New York in the park. Oh, Central Park. Central Park. Okay. And so he's like, I don't know about this man. We're not going to get him. There's no country people in <laughs> New York. You know what yeah. I mean? Ends up being like a million people at this thing, and I'm not kidding. They thought. They were going to get like maybe 150,000. Like a million people showed up. If you ever watch, you look out at an audience and there's that many people. Man, that gives me, it, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Oh my God. Yeah. I would love to do that. I'm thinking I could do that. I can't sing, but I could get up and talk in front of that many people, right? Yeah. If I had enough content to do that. Mm-hmm. When I was trying to, when I was going to become a cop, I had to take this psychological test and they ask you 984 questions on this test. And about 25 times during the test, they ask you if you ever wanted to be a rock and roll star. And I'm like, hell yeah. Right? You always want to <laughs> yeah. get up on stage and play. Yeah. And um, it lends itself to some kind of, you know, ability to get up and talk in front of people. Yeah. Like personal I've never confidence. been nervous yeah. to do that. Yeah, that's good. Someone asked the other day, uh, what could you talk? If I gave you 30 minutes, what could you talk about? I said anything. I could come up with anything to talk about in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And they said, you really think so? I said, oh, I had no doubt in my mind. I could talk about dog poop for 30 minutes because <laughs> I've had a lot of dogs. <laughs> I don't mean to be rude, but I could really t- and tell you my Walmart story. Because yeah, you were talking about that before we started. I have to get a certain kind of – because I clean it up. So I know if they've eaten something they shouldn't have eaten. Right. right? And I could do that for 30 minutes. I know that's disgusting world, but I no. apologize. But I could literally – and I've talked to enough people about stuff and I'm a pretty good listener and I have a really good memory. So I can think back – we just went to Ocean Beach the other day. We went to Sunset Cliffs. I was on to show the kids Sunset oh, Cliffs. Wonderful. And um, I told my wife, I said, I went to that church when I was like three years old. I remember that church, Sacred Hearts down there. And then Ocean Beach Elementary School. So my brother went there for a couple of years because we lived in a house and we lived in a house behind my aunt. And Well, your memory, you remember things when you were three? Oh, hell yes. Yeah. yeah that's unique. So I told, I was telling a story about ants crawling on me in the back of this so we lived on Soto Street, which is gone. But my aunt had a house in front, and her daughter Bonnie lived there. And her, she was a widower, or widow. And we lived behind her because we had lost a house in Poway that my parents bought when I was two. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that house in Poway when I was two, but I remember that house on Soto Street. Yeah, I remember like kindergarten, first grade. I can remember whole days. It's really odd, especially as how much I drank. <laughs> That I can remember this stuff. You didn't burn enough brain cells I doing think that? I, um, I think I pickled that area in my brain, and it still <laughs> hasn't spoiled yet. Good for you. Yeah, I can remember stuff like that. So, And we were down on Narragansett and all those places. You know, oh, There yeah. used to be a Newberries down there. We used to go down there during Christmas. I remember the Christmas lights at the Newberries. Remember Newberries? Well, no, I that don't. Was, uh, it but, was like a drugstore. Oh, but yeah. Okay, pro- yeah. You could buy normal stuff. It was there, like right? a Walgreens or something like yeah. that. Yeah, okay. So... Yeah, there was one down there, and I, I remember vividly my, like growing up in San Diego when we moved there in 1964. Incredible. Excuse me, 1966 uh, we moved there. And so I told a lot of those stories from being a baby boomer, stuff, my brother running into a palm tree and blackening his eyes and, you know, all kinds of stuff. But uh, 
my point being, I, I have stories upon stories upon stories. Right. And, um, and that's what's and good. And they get better usually every year. Or if I'm drinking, they get better. <laughs> yeah, mad. they embellish a bit. <laughs> yeah. But that's what's good. I mean, I think for you, being a public speaker, being a podcaster, you're always going to have content that's going to entertain them. Yeah. Entertain your audience. And yeah, you're going to have like a core message, whatever the, the message of the day is. But you wrap your personality around that. Yeah. And then you can deliver it in a really entertaining way. So here's a funny thing. I get... Since I've looked into getting speaking gigs online with different companies, mm-hmm. I get a lot of that, you know, stuff coming over my Facebook feed and stuff. And I'll tell you what, I'll ne- there's a few things I'll never do. I'll never speak like anybody else because it's not I'm not them, right? Right. I will never wear a suit on stage because it's not me, right? Right. I just want to if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to be successful at it, I'm doing it my way. And if you don't like it, and if I'm not successful because I'm doing it my way, then so be it. Right. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be authentic. Yeah. Because I can't get up there and tell. And I don't think a lot of these speakers are very authentic. I think they're full of stuff. Almost said a bad <laughs> word. You could say anything you want. Here. I know, but I'm being respectful of you because you're not a cusser. I don't think. Um, I have my moments. Maybe if I hung out with you longer, we'd cuss more. <laughs> but um, I just want to be. Authentic, right? And when I the last time I did some speaking, I just put I just put down like bullet points. Yes, I don't try to memorize a speech because again, if I had a lot of traffic on the way to that speech, it's going to come out different. Correct. Than if I, you know, got dropped off from a limo. Yeah, but you have to do that that way. You have to yeah. have bullet points. You might have certain stories you enjoy telling in certain situations. But yeah, you can't write it out no. and then say it verbatim. That doesn't work. Somebody asked me to do that and I did. And then I went back and looked at it the next day and I said, I wouldn't say it that way. I, I would have the day before. Right. But not the day I was reading it. I'm yeah. like, no, that doesn't even sound like Ed saying it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So let, let me ask you this. like, mm-hmm. uh, As a podcaster, what are some of the lessons you've learned? Um, what works for you? What doesn't work for you? Well, the first thing, lighting. Let me tell you, when I'm on a Zoom meeting and people have shitty lighting, yeah. it's annoying to me. It's like it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. <laughs> like they'll sit in front of a window or something. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds so stupid, but I get into these Zoom meetings and no one even has their logo on them or a green screen or anything. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Why would you not be promoting yourself? You mm-hmm. know? So when I got, I had to get a different camera because the one I had didn't have adjustments on it. So I can adjust it like right now. Uh, so you did all that lighting adjustment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can make myself look like I just got back from Hawaii, you know, mm-hmm. with the tan. But lighting's a big deal. And, and I don't think natural light's better than these lights, by the way. Hmm. It's too, I have a problem with natural lighting in my, so I close the blinds and everything, almost black them out. And then I can adjust my camera. But, um, I don't, dude. I I mean, I don't really think of it when I'm doing a podcast. I don't really think of all the technical stuff. I don't edit my podcasts. By the mm-hmm. way, I don't go back and take stuff out. One time I did because I said a joke that might have been it was pretty offensive. Probably <laughs> you. Yeah, no. I said something that was kind of offensive, and um, I told Kit, "Nah, I gotta. I probably gotta just chop that little pit out." Mm-hmm. So I chopped about. It was only about eight seconds, but I didn't chop it out of the audio. Right. I just chopped it out of the video. See, I could go on and be really be Ed, right? And it would be funny. I, it, I'd probably get, you know, 
because I'm probably a racist at some level, but I, a funny <laughs> racist in that I just think stereotypes are the funniest thing in the world. Okay. If I was doing it that way, or and that's that's kind of why I wanted to get away from that millennial thing because I didn't just want to be funny. Yeah. Um, I just don't know how long I would care to do that. The motivational stuff, the inspiring stuff, the helping people, the sitting in the mud with them, I just think that's so important, and that can just kind of be my legacy, right? I yeah. think that would be cool if people go, you know, I miss that. He was always... You know, he was always uplifting and he never had bad things to say. About, well, I did have bad things to say about people all the time, but they would say he was kidding about it, right? Yeah. Because I do. I do make fun of people. And I make fun of everybody, by the way. So I'm really not a racist when it comes to that. <laughs> I don't. Uh, an equal opportunity an equal offender. opportunity offender, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just think that I haven't really had a lot of issues since I got the right microphones and I got a good computer. Mm-hmm. I have good lights. I have all that stuff. I've spent so much money on this stuff. Kit probably doesn't even know. I'm, I have so much stuff that I'm not even using now that mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. Boom mics and all kinds of, you know, boom, not mics, but the, the tripods stands. with the stands. Yeah. yeah. With the bags like you have there. Yeah. So I got to tell you, it's been a super easy, the technology part has been super easy. And you've helped me with some stuff. Mm-hmm. So I am, swi- I'm, I think I'm going to switch to the StreamYard right. from... Zoom, but Zoom's enhancing stuff all the time too. Yeah, Zoom's yeah. good. Uh, it's good at what it does. I, I, I was when I first started live stream, I used Zoom, but with Zoom, I could only um, live stream to Zoom only. I'm sorry, you live stream to one platform only, not multiples, unless I went through a restream plugin. Oh, yeah. yeah, you got to do but, something. Um, and that would allow me to go to multiple platforms. And then it was difficult to deal with the online chat. You know, if I were live streaming on YouTube and Facebook and people are commenting and I want to respond, I'd have to go look on this screen for oh. YouTube and that screen for Facebook. And so Keep stream- in mind, I don't live stream. I've only uh, done like twice. Well, that's the whole point of StreamYard is live streaming. Yeah. So uh, if I do switch over, I'll probably start doing it more. Yeah. And um, the problem I had, so the first time I did a live Facebook is when I was with the chamber. Mm-hmm. We did a happy hour on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, my laptop out and we did a live stream and I had to have my daughter like transcribe the comments yeah because I was getting a lot right right because all my friends on Facebook were drinking right <laughs> yeah it's like five o'clock so I'm like so there she's writing stuff down to put in front of me but yours when you do it like you, you get it to come up on the screen so you can mm-hmm. actually read it um, like I can't see that stuff right now that you wrote that has been written. Yeah, well, the the, the people on are watching. I know can't it's see Kit, it, but we but. yeah, but we can see the people that are commenting here, and I can yeah. click on them, and uh, and then you will see their comment pop up. There was gotcha. Kit. See, four years. Yeah, I told us you'd say something. <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell you a story. Like what one of the things that I've I've learned a great deal in podcasting just is how to structure a show, because in the beginning. I had, you know, I tell personal stories. I talk about some things that I want to leave. I want a message on. I might have two or three sub stories to talk about. Mm -hmm. But then I started hanging out with Hacksaw. And, you know, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton is a he's a pro at this sort of thing in the world of sports. And he had this format where he said, I'm going to put all the topics on the table, you know, and he would kick off his show with what he called the best 15 minutes in sports. And so. He comes in when we do the podcast, he'll come in with like 10 items on his menu, his agenda. And he sends them to me and I do the graphics for him in advance. Okay. But what we end up doing is we go right down this agenda and we try to stay on track, keeping each of those agenda items between three and eight minutes each. 
ideally. And so the beauty of that is, is that you end up live streaming a one hour show or more or whatever it ends up being. And you might be talking about 10 different things. But then after the podcast is done, you can segment them into individual um, chapters. Yes. And you then can serve up to YouTube like a three minute segment. Of just talking, in this case, talking about the Padres or talking about the Chargers. I watch your I watch those. And so I learned that ultimately what it gets down to is, is that asking people to listen to a whole one hour podcast is a big ask. It's a big commitment to ask someone to to Mm. make. So I give them little bite sized chunks. And then I even simplified it down further where I do those vertical one, uh, one minute videos that are on YouTube shorts. Are you putting anything on TikTok? Yes. Okay. So I, and I, I've kind of figured out the formula for hacksaw and and we take we do these video verticals that are like 50 seconds long i put them on youtube facebook twitter instagram and on tiktok we had one that just went to um, Instagram last week um, on Hacksaw's channel. It has over 160,000 views. Oh, Jesus. See, that's what I need. And, and a ton of others that are well over 20,000 views. Um, and that's just on Instagram. It doesn't count what, you know, we're getting thousands of views on all the other platforms. You add it all up. It's crazy. And so the beautiful part of it is, is that you're giving, it's like you're, like you're a fisherman and you're throwing chum in the water and you're giving all these little pieces of bait for people to bite on. And if they like it, they'll sign up. And just today on Hacksaw's Instagram channel, someone said, oh, I love this. And he goes, oh, I just looked on your notes and you have a podcast. And I remember you from when you were on the radio and he goes, you got a new subscriber. So. I, as much as I know that needs to be done, I'm, res, I'm part of my statement before you started talking was I'm going to do things my way. Yeah. But it's, that's going to hurt me if I keep doing it that way because I don't never have an agenda. Right. I know the topic and I might write down five words mm-hmm. and then I go talk, and then I go, shit, I forgot to say that. That happens to me because I forget to say stuff. Part of me says, no, that's the way you got to talk to people because that's the way you would talk to them if you were at a bar. Right. right? But to get that that uh, visual, like you're getting, you guys, I need to do something like that. Well, there's another, and there's another way to do it that I, I've I've seen some people do it. I think it works really well, and and they start by writing something. You know, it'll be like a one or two page essay about, and they, you know, like a blog almost, like almost like a blog post. Yeah. And I I do that on my own internally as I'm preparing for a podcast to kind of organize my thoughts. But imagine if you started out writing an article, like two or three pages, and then you got that content solid. Then you just go and get in front of a microphone. You do the podcast part of it. Yeah. Then you take that thing that you created and not only could you edit the audio and video for social media but you can use little chunks of that as a facebook inspirational post and mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be video it could be like an excerpt that's a really good idea you know from the podcast or just like two paragraphs from your essay that you started with when you were getting all your thoughts organized so the key point is is to create your content at once and then find ways to repurpose it. Yeah. And and, and that's then, where my time and I'm not even going to say intensive. I'm not even going to say that cuz that's a, it's an excuse. No, but it's true. It, it takes a ton of time. Yeah, but I have time to do it if I just concentrated on it. If I focused on just how this whole thing started, if I focused on it enough, you know, that would be my you know, that'd how be my often vision. do you do podcasts? How often? I try to do them once a week. Yeah, and that's about right. Yeah. And I try to do it once a week, too. I do twice a week with Hacksaw. So I do three shows a week. 
And I followed that same formula for all three. Yeah. See, I was going to do one before I came here today and then put it out like Friday or whatever. Yeah. I did not. But, and I can't do one tomorrow. I'm going to be gone from like seven to seven. But yeah, that's a great idea. I like that. I like that format. So I may get back to you on some of that stuff just for some ideas. No problem. No, and I think what I've learned through this process is that. You know, sometimes I used to say, I, I'm a podcaster. I just do podcasts and I create these episodes. But I just realized that that's just one channel. It's one spoke in the wheel. See, uh, in my vision, like we talked about in the beginning, yeah. is to do speaking once a week. Yeah. Paid. Yeah. And then do a podcast once a week. But the podcast is just advertisement. This is just marketing. Yes. yes. Right? Yes. The speaking is the sales. Correct. Piece. This is just the marketing piece. Correct. And it's nice to have guests on. I'd like to get what I need is some, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk always says, you don't need one important person for five minutes. Yeah. Like you need to get like Arnold Schwarzenegger to come up for five. Well, you need more than five for him because you can't understand him. But <laughs> yeah. maybe get a <laughs> maybe get a Ryan Williams. Uh, no, not, not Ryan Williams. That's my friend. Uh, whatever. You need a like an actor or somebody to get on there. And um, you know who I'd really like to get on my podcast is Ryan Leaf. Oh my God! So I hated yeah, you would have him. stories with him. Yeah, I hated him for a long time. Oh, right? everyone, every did. San Diego. He has really impressed the hell out of me with what he's how he's turned his life. Around. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, he's done a one eighty. And I have a guy that knows him that I might be able to get him on my. And even if I can just get him for five or ten minutes. Well, you know, this is another angle to this is that, you know, when you're building a podcast, you know, you ultimately. I'm not trying to say this in a vain way, but you want to be a celebrity. Right. Because a celebrity is going to attract an audience to your right. message. It's not necessarily you want to be vain, but but and one of the key ways to become more famous is to be associated with other famous people. Of course. So in 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 that case, if you're with Ryan Leaf, it may not necessarily just be having him as a guest in your podcast. It could be just having your photo taken with him. Yeah. Or having uh you know a selfie and like maybe a thirty second video with him. Um, and those are powerful. Well, you know, I know Billy Bullock, right? I met him through. Uh, oh, yeah. He lives around here. He lives in 4S, yeah. So, yeah. so his, his kid played at Poway National about 10 years ago, I remember. Yeah, and his center owns the coffee place. Um, you know, because Nick Hardwick worked out with the other, the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Billy Bullock worked out with uh, Corey, um, the guy that owns that coffee shop on Twin Peaks in Espola. Uh, that the, guy's an ex-charger. He's ex-center. Oh, Okay, that's the King's... Yeah, Kingscraft. Kingscraft. That's a Charger owns that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a super cool guy. He was part of the chamber. Okay. And when I go in there, he knows, you know, he knows me and stuff like that. Um, and you're right. So, but here's the funny thing about celebrities. If I met, I don't know, who's a big celebrity? Let's say Johnny Depp. I don't know. I'm just saying <laughs> something. Okay. We might just hit it off. It might be like, this guy's cool. Yeah. I'm not very starstruck, so I would not... I'm not interested in getting... And getting um, uh, Ryan Leaf on my thing to talk about football, I have no, I could care less about his football career. Right. I want to talk about how he overcame his limitation. Right. Right. How he recognized that I'm the state right. Right. Yeah. Uh, probably being in jail was probably the first indication. Yeah. And he had no money. I don't want. I were, played baseball with Billy Bean. I have no interest in talking to him about baseball. I want to talk to him about his life growing up in Poway. Yeah. Right? He lived down the street here. Mm-hmm. Went to, I think he went to Meadowbrook and then to um, went to know, Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel, yeah. And I played baseball on his team actually. 
Um, so I don't really, I'm not necessarily starstruck in that I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how they overcame what they. Yeah, of they, course. Because it's back to my original thing. From, the, from that homeless person down in San Diego to the president of the United States, they got issues. We all got issues. <laughs> Tons. Tons. So many. <laughs> I know. And no one, and guys, they want to hide them. Or they, or they manifest themselves in this bleed-out way that's, that's destructive, right? Drugs, alcohol, all mm-hmm. these other things. And I want to help that person stop before they get to that point mm-hmm. and go, dude, you're not alone, first of all. I used to say I want to give everybody a virtual hug, right? Even people I don't like. Sometimes you just need a hug. And I'm not a big hugger until COVID happened. And then I missed it, you know? And... I just would walk with people and hug them. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that <laughs> during COVID. Come here. <laughs> that would have been funny, though. Yeah. I would have got arrested. But um, COVID was really hard on me. And I and I even hate saying that. I told Kit this. Yet, I really hate because it's a negative thing to say. I just – it was – it. I changed during COVID, right? And I think mostly in positive stuff. I got a little less – mean a little i got i'm a little bit more open to people that i wouldn't have been open to before Mm -hmm. so covid it was good and bad for me it was really hard getting through it but looking back i'm like okay i learned some shit i know how to podcast Mm -hmm. you know i have all this new technological knowledge that i didn't have before so in that respect uh it's worked out okay you know my wife and i worked in the same house for all those and it was like this was no problem. We had no issue doing that because I work out of the house now still, mm-hmm. and so does she. But we're in separate areas. You know, she has her stuff to do. I have my stuff to do. But being able to cohabitate like that is it's awesome, right? Didn't bother me at all. Yeah, so we COVID, learned a lot of good things. There was a lot of learnings in COVID, I think, yeah. especially in business. And like we talk about Zoom, and it was really powerful. Um, but I think what's interesting is you have a core message. Um, you know, about overcoming your limitations. Mm-hmm. We talked about that with Ryan Leaf and becoming a better person. And it's like, yeah, you have a, you, you're, you have a message to share. You, I mean, you could be in a, think of yourself as like an evangelist, you know, because you've yeah. got a message to share. And whether that's channeled through a podcast, Facebook, LinkedIn, short videos, public speaking, writing a book, um, you have a lot to bring to 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 the um, to society. Yeah, and I think it's it's like I said, I'm no angel, right? But I <laughs> no, think none it's, of us are. I think it's very. I feel like I want to stay genuine, right? Because if shit does go sideways and I have to say something to somebody, then they go, "Oh, that surprised me." It's not going to surprise them. They're like, "Oh no, Ed can do that." I mean, yeah, you know, if you ask him that question or whatever. I, I get super irritated at what's going on in the news right now, right? I don't I don't want any part of it. It's distracting, it's wrong, it's there's a lot of stuff wrong with all mm-hmm. these stuff going on right now. But everybody's gotta deal with it. And I gotta deal with it in my own way too. Right? Um I don't ever wanna have to be careful on my podcast because I'm gonna insult somebody. I don't really care if I insult somebody. But there's no reason to be mean either. Yeah. Right. And that's what happens. And that's what's happening in the media is that it's so funny. I saw Hannity was on with um, Newsom. Yeah. That was like, very recent. Yeah. And first of all, you couldn't understand what either of them was because they're both yelling over each other. Right. <laughs> and Hannity, I, I don't like when people are so 
Republican or so Democrat that mm-hmm. anything that person does is okay. Right? That's not – Yeah, that's dumb. That's dumb mm-hmm. because you know that's not the truth. What do you call yourself? An independent – your political party? Oh, I don't I don't belong to a political party. Oh, just part. like an independent. Right. Yeah. So that's how I am. I'm like, yeah. is that a good idea? I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. Exactly. Nope. That's a bad idea, dumbass. Yeah. Don't do that. Right. But I don't want to be that guy that's like – if someone said something on my podcast to me that I thought was wrong, I'm like, no, you, that's not right. I can't believe you believe in that, but – you know, and and hopefully it didn't get ugly. I just really want to be genuine. Like I said, listen, I've screwed up. I've married twice before I met Kit. Mm-hmm. These were not good decisions. Although I got six kids out of it, and I actually did a podcast on divorce, and I was not there to hurt anybody. I was really more interested in how the kids felt having to go through that, and how we got so selfish we forgot about what was the most important thing was the kids. Right. You know. Period. Yeah. And uh, just because we had problems didn't mean they had to have problems, too. So I want to be that genuine about stuff. And I think even like Rogan, I think Rogan's that. Oh, yeah. He's very genuine. He says some stuff that I don't agree with. I'd love to talk to him at one of these days. And if I could go, oh, shit, I didn't even know that. Well, people appreciate the authenticity because they know that if you are flawed – then you're just like them. They everyone has flaws, and so when you share your flaws, you're you kind of take down the barriers, and it makes that relationship easier for you to connect with your audience and your audience to connect with you. Um, so yeah. I think that's awesome the way you're approaching it. Well, and I think it's one of these things where you go. When I said, "Yeah, I lost my dad at 19," and they go, "Yeah, I lost my dad last year," and they're they're my age, right? And I'm yeah. like, they go, "I know what you're going through." I'm like, "No, I was 19, bro. <laughs> you're 60. Yeah, it's not the same." Now, I don't need to be more important than you. I'm just saying I don't. I try not to ever do that. Somebody calls me out of the blue, a friend of mine, or what, and they have a problem. I'm like, I, I, I can't relate to what you're going through. But want to, you know, let's get back to doing some positive things or whatever. Well, let's go sit in the mud together. Sit in the mud together. I talked to this yeah. one gal and she says, "Well, Ed, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. I can't." I said, "You just need to do one one thing. Just give me one thing you can do." It's going to change your thought. Listen to a song. Listen to my podcast. Listen, do something. Yeah. It's just going to change. Get that off the the weight of that off your mind. And then when you come back to it, it might be different. Have you ever done that? You have a problem. You're like, I'll deal with this on Friday. Yeah. Right? Because you just go, I got to think about it. This drives Kit crazy. When I look for a car, when I look for the motorcycle, it takes me forever. Because I'm just thinking about it, right? I'm like, I'm like that too. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to wait. You know, we'll see. Just, just buy it. I'm like, no, I'm going to. I think I might want a different color. Let me let me think about it. And that's something hard to teach kids, teach millennials. Not everything happens right away. We're not this is not an Amazon life, right? You don't get everything the next day. Yeah, right. You got to think about it and let it just. And I'll tell you, I'll wake up on a Saturday with like you know a problem, and I'll like, well, I can't do I can't do anything till Monday, so I just get it out of my mind. Yeah, think of something else. Well, that's smart. I think there when when there, you don't have an answer. The best thing to do sometimes is just to wait yeah, and hit the pause button. But other times, you know, to your point earlier with the person you said that they didn't know what to do and they were stuck. Sometimes like that pattern interrupt is powerful, right? Like you say, go for a walk, listen yeah. to a podcast, kind of clear your mind. And then you can reapproach the pro- uh, the problem with a clear head and the solution becomes evident. Well, I'll t- I'm not going to tell you who she is. And if I tell you what it is, you'll know who it is. So I'm not going to say that. But... <laughs> Super devastating-ish thing that happened, and 
I needed her to focus. Well, I didn't need her to focus. She needed to focus on something different, right? Yeah. I don't care if it was just going for a walk or getting a flower or buying a coffee or whatever. She just needs to, when she starts getting that anxiety, she needs to, that interrupt, right? Yes. You need to yeah. change the way you're doing. Tony Robbins had some interesting stuff. Now, I had his, I had his, uh, Powerful tapes. Remember those tapes he had? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I had those I, in the eighties or whatever. Yeah, he used to have this thing uh, called "Can I," which was constant, never-ending improvement. I loved that. Yeah, that's a good one. We should always be trying to see if we can do things a little bit better. And then he had this mind where you just change your focus, you know, just at a snap of your finger, and you could do it with just snapping your fingers, right? Every time I snap my fingers, it changes my focus to something else. Mm-hmm. And as goofy as that sounds to everybody listening, it's one hundred percent true. I do it all the time. There's just things that I can do that just change my mind. And give me an my... example of that. Let's say you're having money problems and mm-hmm. you wake up Saturday morning. And you're like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Well, you can't make any money on the weekend. Right? right. And so I would just switch to say, okay, we need to go somewhere. I need to go to the zoo, the beach. I need to go to my happy place, whatever. And it changes my whole attitude. And by the time I come back to that problem, I have, I've resol- either resolved it. Or I can deal with it with a, in a different mood. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It happens all the time. I do it all the time. And I try to tell people to do it. And they're like, are you out of your mind? I'm like, no, I'm telling you, it, work. it does work. Yeah. Look, <laughs> people are geniuses. We have so many attributes every human has. Our brain is the best computer. This AI is nothing compared to our brain, right? We can change anything we want, thought patterns, our body. You know, look at me being able to remember, you know, back when I was three, four years old. And these are legitimate memories. I mean, I remember stuff from that age. We have such a powerful mind, and we're just pissing it away, right? Because we're not using it (laughs) in positive ways. We're not nourishing our brain all the time. I talk about you think it's important to eat right? You should be putting good stuff into your brain. Right. And not – not Arnold Schwarzenegger's history on Netflix. Not that. <laughs> Go read a book. Read it. Get some. Get a history lesson. Get some. You know. I told my son the other day. I said, "You understand that everybody thinks freedom means you can do anything you want. That's not what freedom is. There's no. got to be guidelines. Right. Or we have anarchy. Right. Right. We, you got to have some guidelines. And this is what our society is doing now. Oh, we can just do whatever we want. We can change our gender. We can do all kinds of stuff. Right. No, you can't. No. And that doesn't have anything to do with freedom, but it's just uh, you just can't do whatever you want. You just can't go to a child and do this or that. There's laws in place to protect those kids, right? As there should be. Yeah. And we have to. You know, we have to have those things. Mm-hmm. You can't drive 150 miles an hour down the freeway when everybody else is doing 70. Right. It, the math won't work eventually. Right. Mm-hmm. But your mind is so powerful, and the way to manifest. We talked about manifesting your life and getting a clear focus of what who you want to be and what you want to be. It's all very, very possible, and it's not that hard. It's just people just go, well, I'll, I'll never be rich. You're right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you just guaranteed your fate. Yeah, right? you're right. Um, I would love to win the lottery, but you know what would mean more? If I could make $10,000 a speech and oh. do four a month. Oh, right? 100%. That would be... And I got news for you. There's people doing it. There's people out there getting, what are done? Jim Carrey gets $200,000 for a speech. Now, what does Jim Carrey really have to say that's more important than what I have to say? Because he was in a movie. <laughs> I look at Joe Rogan. I said, look, congratulations on your success. Mm-hmm. But you're not doing anything more than I have done. Right. Right. Um, I told you, a guy told me one time, well, you haven't done anything in your life. I said, Who's, how many people you know raise eight kids? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's not that easy. No, it's not. I think me and my wife make it look easy, but I can tell you all the hard shit. Oh, yeah. So I guess I kind of on a tangent there. I just want to tell people and convince them that they have such a brilliant mind. Yeah. And if they just used it in the right way and just a, just a couple little changes in their life, they could change everything. 100%. You know, I, I know I, there have been times where I was dealing with, you know, a problem and I was just consumed by it. You take a step back from it, just like you said. And then later on, you think of it, and you maybe just think of it from a different perspective or a different angle. And then sometimes the problem isn't nearly as bad as you thought it was. Yeah. You know, you're kind of made up the problem in your head. You made it worse in your head. Kit and I know a person that's got to have a lot of dental work. And I've had a lot of dental work. These are all fake. All my teeth are fake. And we were talking to him and saying, you know, and he, he went to the doctor and his blood pressure was super high. I said, does he have blood pressure problems? No. He's so wound up in his head mm-hmm. with this dental work. And they're so good at it now. I, and Jack Canfield used to talk about that. You know, you make an appointment for Friday and all week you worry, all week you worry, all week you worry. You get on Friday and the dentist goes, ah, I got to cancel. Yeah. You know, I got in a car wreck. <laughs> and you just wasted four days of worrying. Yeah. So I don't get a lot of – I don't have a lot of – anxiety. I get anxious and I get anxious by design sometimes to get my ass in gear, right? Mm. I have a lot of control. I I feel like I've read a lot about this stuff and I've learned a lot that I have a lot of control over my emotions. And when you see me in a mood where I'm in a bad mood, I I know what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) It's not my temper flaring up. I Mm -hmm. know I'm trying to get a reaction out of the other person. Believe me. Mm -hmm. My sister used to say, well, you don't know what you're saying. I said, oh, I know exactly what you're saying. She goes, well, it pisses me off. I said, I know. That's why I said it. (laughs) That's why I'm doing it. (laughs) Dumbass. I know what I'm saying to bosses. I know that the next step is I might get fired. I understand Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But if I get to a point where I'm like, this isn't working out, and I got to go, I got to go. Yeah. But- by the same token, when you say some things to some people and they get their feelings hurt, my mom used to say, well, don't stick your feelings out so far, you know? Yeah. Then you got to go, dude, come on, really? I wasn't really – I didn't mean to insult you. Well, nowadays people are so hypersensitive, so you know, and, and they, they want, they're looking to be offended so they can be the victim, and it's ridiculous. When I worked in the grocery business, and Mike Ryan will know this, we worked nights, and we said – we talked about mothers – grandmothers we talked i mean you there's no insult was that bad <laughs> i mean you you got thick skin right because mm-hmm. if you whined about it this was the 80s dude you get you know mm-hmm. you're gonna put up with that and if you went to the boss they, they would make more fun of you right? right that's they were just that's how the that's how the culture was so you got tough skin right i mean people I, i'm bald i get my net my grandson said to me one time Ariane says you're bald I'm going to get my feelings hurt. I am bald, you dumbass. <laughs> and you could be bald tonight if I come in your room and zzz. No, but, you know, I just, I have, and, and listen, to my listeners out there, the people who listen to my podcast, the people who listen to this one, there's books, there's videos, there's a lot of stuff about this mind. Not mind control, nothing like that. I'm saying... Just kind of getting your mind together, right? Manifesting thoughts in your mind that are going to, you know. If you start to work out, you you end up getting a picture of what you want to look like, right? This is not what I want to look like, by the way. So I changed my diet and I changed things. And, you know, <clears throat> I'm also going to be 61. You have to understand those. There's some limitations there. You can't get over everything. But, um, but I can tell you that I'm as strong as I ever have been. 
um, because I keep going, because I keep moving. So it's uh, it's really a positive experience for me to go to the gym. Like I said, you know, it's not might not be your thing, but maybe dancing is or jazzercise or whatever they call it these days. You know, b- before we got started, um, you and we we were talking before we you know turned the yeah. live stream on, and you were talking about how you know, were both podcasters, but we're they were different, and we have a different approach, and we talk about different things. But you know what? If you really peel all the layers of the onion back. Our messages are actually very similar. Yeah, you're right. Um, because you just get other people involved. And I mm-hmm. say what I mean about that. You look at a political landscape that I I can't stand politicians, dude. I mean, I <laughs> I hate to generalize like that, but it's like attorneys, you know? Yeah. It's like I like one and a half attorneys. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of down to like one and a quarter now, but... I shouldn't say I hate politicians. I feel like they probably started out in a, with a good idea. And I just can't believe that we can't get along at all. Right. Right. And we, we brought up, you know, the homeless situation in town where the guy in San Diego, where the guy, Gloria, Todd Gloria, saying, well, it's the other 29 mayors fault. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what a stupid thing to say. Yeah. So you're right. You're trying to, I think you're trying to affect society through change, right, in the political arena, I feel like it's up. I feel like that doesn't mean anything to me. I need to just work on myself. But you know what? My message is actually that. Okay. And so maybe it's just not as evident. I'm not making it clear. I talk about on my podcast how it, my, my higher purpose is our inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. And that might sound like a political thing because it comes from the Declaration of Independence, but it's not. You know, because what it means is, is that you are in charge of your own life. Your life is yours to okay. live. Yeah. You know, and you need to go for it in your life. You only live once, you know, be all that you can be in life. And in order to you be all you can be, you've got to have the liberty to make your own choices. Right. And in the end, you want to live a life according to your own values, which is ultimately pursuing your happiness. Mm-hmm. So that to me is a kind of a core principle of what I believe. And I try to share that message, but within the context of current events and politics and things, because there's a political angle to that and there's a self-improvement angle to it. So I think a lot of people use the political part to hold themselves back. Does that make any sense? So I think a lot of people say, well, I would do that. But, you know, like I talked about opening a business in California. Well, I do that, but it costs too much to open a business here. Yeah. Horseshit. Well, then get a get a business license in Las Vegas then. Yeah. Or something else. I don't see any society that's a capital capitalistic society is going to have people that are poor and people that are rich. I don't care. The history of the world has always been like that. Correct. But these people that are poor can be rich. Yeah. And it could be, it doesn't have to be money. It could be a lot of other things, right? Right. Have you ever met anybody that just doesn't have much, but they're just super happy? Oh, yeah, all the time. Right. I mean, you just meet these people. Maybe they have a dog, and Mm -hmm. the dog's that thing. That's that thing that keeps them. I I kind of jealous of those people sometimes because I'm like, wow, they they don't get affected by this other other stuff. Now, there could be some deeper underlying things there, too. Yeah, well, everyone's got issues. But we also meet people that have everything. Right? Oh, and they're miserable. And they're miserable. Yeah, that's right. like, how the hell could you not have any stress for money and be miserable? Well, see, th- this is what 
your message and the message that I try to preach is so important because if we have kind of a good philosophy in life, if we go about life with the right sort of moral framework of how yeah. to live a good life, then we can find ways to be happy. And it's not necessarily being happy with what you've got. We can still be ambitious and want to be more than we are and, and be better and improve ourselves yeah. so that we can attain higher and higher things in life. And it's not necessarily financial. I mean, it could be career. It could be uh, creative. It could be relationships. It could be a lot of things. But the key is, is to take responsibility for your life and live a life according to what you believe is right. And, and, and don't back off on that. I think that's key. Yeah, I have uh, I have friends that are in this dating world, online dating world. Mm. That is one of the craziest things I've ever heard of in my life. Oh yeah, that's like that's fake news right there. <laughs> and it's funny because someone will tell me, "Oh no, I met this guy." No, no, this is this is it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, "How long have you How long have you talked to him?" Like a month. Oh yeah, no. I was. Like, have you seen him yet? No, he's planning on coming down. I'm like, "Oh, oh Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah. are you kidding me?" Um, I had a friend, this is a, this is kind of a funny story that called me and he was dating this girl and he, um, online and he called me one day and I was drinking, (laughs) had a little booze in me and I made a comment on Facebook about as a joke. Right. Yeah. And he calls me, he's pissed. Right. Mm -hmm. I said, dude, do you even, are you sure it's a, it's a guy, it's a girl. Uh, You know, she's she's in Mexico. You've talked to her. You've never met her. You know, and he got really upset with me. And I said, I'm watching out for you. Are you serious? This this could be just a scam. I mean, this stuff happens well, once in a while. It's catfish, right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> oh, my God, dude, this guy was so he was so angry with me. And I, I won't tell you what I said exactly how he would know if she, he was a guy. But she was, she's not a guy, by the way. Some I've had some friends. Well, I mean, actually, I don't even know if she, she looked to be a guy. But well, things are more fluid these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's another, I can't be here another hour. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so I know I, I dig what you do. And I think you've got a important message to deliver. That's, that's another reason why I'm rooting for you, because I think our messages at their core are different. We just approach them from very different angles. Oh, no, and you're right. And I listen to your podcast. You're the only podcast I listen to, by the way. I probably oh. shouldn't say that because other people probably want me to listen to their podcast. But <laughs> well, it's hard to listen to a lot of different podcasts. And if they're long like this, you know, you don't have time. Well, but. yeah. Um, but I try to catch yours, and um, you vary a little bit on your times, and I try to catch them even in a car. I'll listen to them. But no, you're right. I mean, I, I just get – it's like the political piece to me. It's just over and over and over bad news. You never hear – there's never any good news. Well, yeah. I mean, well, the the way that I try to integrate the political stuff and the current news is on two levels. On one level is um, – they, if you, you see it for what it is and you can see that people are creating roadblocks for your ability to pursue your happiness, Yeah, you know, in the business world, in your personal life, people in authority are telling you, you can't do this. You can't do that. If you want to do that, you need my permission to do that, you know, which is a bunch of bullshit. Um, but on the, on another level, I, I integrate politics and current events because I know that that attracts an audience. Yeah. Okay. And people get hot about certain topics. And so if I can tee up what's current in the news and then I can integrate my core message into it that I think delivers a positive view of it, then I think it, it it's powerful. So I'll say something that's kind of relatable to that. This, you know who Ken Blanchard is? Everybody knows oh, yeah. Ken. Yeah, one minute manager. Yeah. 
He's like an Escondido, right? Uh, something. He, yeah. my daughter dated his grandson for about two minutes. I came, did I tell you the story? I came home one day and there's this kid sitting there with my daughter. There's other kids home. And I said, hello. And he says, my name's Atticus. I shake his hand. And I said, Atticus. Yeah. I said, what's your dad do? And he goes, oh, he works for my grandfather. I said, I know. I asked you what your dad, what does your dad do? What does your grandfather do? Oh, he writes books, speaks and stuff. I said, what's, what's his name? It's Ken Blanchard. Like, oh my God. I said, oh, <laughs> you don't even, it's like Michael Jordan's kids, right? Yeah. That's my dad. Said, no, that's Michael Jordan. It's not your, <laughs> just your dad. Right. So he, I just had a friend of mine graduated from one of his classes, right? And it's the Ken Blanchard servant leadership. There's a point to this servant leadership class, right? Mm-hmm. That's the dumbest two words to put together ever. Servant, it, leader- servant leadership. Yeah, those are opposites. leadership is supposed to be. You're supposed to be in servitude if you're a leader, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need the other word. It's just the stuff we make up. Yeah, our politicians should be in servitude to us. But as soon as they get elected, they become, you can't do this, you can't do yeah, that, people, right, right? Right. Something that really irritated me, this, is it Brian Manshine? Is that his name? Manshine, yeah. He went to Poway High? Yeah. With, with Kit. Yeah, he's going to, he's running for city attorney in San Diego now. And he switched his political party after he got elected a couple of years ago. Yeah, he went from Republican to Democrat. Yeah, he should have been fired for doing that because those people that voted for him Voted for a Republican. Yeah. Not a Democrat. Well, the Republican Party in San Diego was pissed off because they invested so much time and money and energy. You shouldn't be able to do that, right? Yeah, and then he switched teams. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to do that. Right. And when you do something like that, so that's where I get irritated at politicians when, oh, no, we're here to help. Well, anytime someone says that to you, you cover your pockets, right? (laughs) (laughs) They come to your door. We're here to help you. No, you're not. That's it. Ronald Reagan had a quote. It's like the most seven worst words you can use. I'm I'm from the government. I'm here to help. And he's asking you got to run in the opposite direction. So that's what gets me, you know, gets me wound up with politicians. And this this city council now um, that's getting all set up. And and, uh, I know those people all personally, except the one guy, uh, the the, the. What's his Dehoff? name? Yeah, I don't know him. Peter Dehoff, yeah. Um, I just I just know them. That's all I'll say. Okay. And, and uh, I think Barry's thing probably was time. It was a, by design timing, mm-hmm. which irritated me. And I love Barry, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Barry's a good guy. Um, and I just think, and when, um, even when, uh, what's his name, stepped down, Cunningham. Yeah. I just think they're by design to do that because they know the system. And I just hate that people abuse it like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So you were talking about how what they're going to do to replace Barry. Um, I don't know, man. That just irritates me that this have even had to happen. I understand, you know, he has some personal stuff he needs to take care of. Yeah. And maybe maybe his wasn't as calculated as some others. But um, I don't know. It just drives you nuts. And listen, I have a love for Poway. I don't live in Poway anymore, but I have a love for Poway. I grew up here. Yeah. And when I go down the road and I'm just like, this is a mess. Oh, yeah. Poway Road is insane. Such a mess. There's, you know, where the uh, the bowling alley used to be. They're going vertical now. Oh, I know. I went by there yesterday. Yeah. And when so, that starts going really vertical, food. it's going to be four stories. People are going to freak out when that thing gets all the well, way up Well, you know, there. there's not going to be no sun, right? I mean, I know the sun comes down Poway Road, but you're gonna, it's going to block off. It's going to make – you know, when I first started at Pepsi, I had to work downtown for almost a year. And it was freezing down there all the time. I don't care how hot it was. It was always freezing because there's no sun, right? Because yeah. of the buildings. And it was very dark. Like, you know what I mean? I kind of yeah. remember being down there going, this is not 
I would not want to work down here or live down here. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that kind of – and the funny thing with Poway is it's just going to be, you know, this strip right down Poway Road, right, of crap. And then you have the houses out this way, houses out this way, houses up here. Yeah. I I don't know if you can put enough paint on that to make it look good. We'll see what happens. Mm, yeah. yeah I, I have a different opinion of all of it. I, I think it's ultimately a good thing. It's just – it's a transition, and the transition's difficult. But we're going to have more housing, which is good for people that want a roof over their head, that want to live in Poway, yeah. have their kids go to school here. Um, I don't disagree with that part. Yeah. I just feel like there had to be – it's like I just said, there's just going to be this big strip down Poway Road. There had to be another way to do this in other areas or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's always not in my backyard. Build it of over course. there, not here. <laughs> of course. That's, that's usually the argument. But but anyways, to, to the other point, yeah, politicians um, and, yeah, they, 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 people get really hung up on them. You know, especially the cable news people and Trump this and Biden that and yeah. everything else. I mean, that can you can get sucked into a wormhole there and, you know, lose perspective on your life. Um, so I know I like to see them. Uh, very rarely will I see a politician that stands up for principal values that I agree with. Usually they're some form of, of evil that's trying to basically rob our ability to manage our own lives. Well, I think they start out like that. A lot of them. And it just, they just can't stay – look, if you're in a room – if you're a Republican and you're in a room with a bunch of Republicans and a bunch of Democrats and they all the Republicans are going, dude, you're going to stay with us, right? You're going to do what we do. Sometimes you've got to go, yeah, I mean, I'm a Republican, so I'll stay. And it's, maybe it's a bad thing they're trying to do, but the, I don't know. It's tribal. I'm not happy with the last 25 years of politics. Oh, that's all? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe more. You could go back well, a lot further than that. I felt like, and it could have just been my age that, you know, Ronald Reagan was the last time I felt like I had some, somebody caring about me. Yeah. Um, But, you know, by the same token, I've grown up in this stuff and I have to, and it's led me to, you need to take care of yourself. Do not wait for the 100%. government to come. <laughs> and see, that's, They're not coming. That's a key thing, I think. And, and this is like egoism versus altruism. Mm. And our society is very built on this notion of altruism, that we should think of others first, think of ourselves last. We should sacrifice what we want so someone else can get what they want. And we're taught that in church. We're taught that from our parents. It goes backwards 2,000 years. And we, we lose sight of the fact that, damn it, I'm only on this planet for a short amount of time. Yeah. I got to live my life. I have to pursue my values, pursue my happiness. Well, and it's, and it's in my, in a different way to tell you my point, and I've said this a million times, if you're caring for, you know, like I said, kids, parents, yeah. aunts, uncles, you know, whatever – and you're not top of your game, you're not going to do the best job Agreed. at what you're doing. I want, you know, I've been to companies that have really nice gyms and they're full in the morning. That's what I want. That That's the person I want to come to work for me, right? Yeah. The one that's got that adrenaline going, got those endorphins going, things like that, versus work 10 hours, go do it or figure it out on your own. I mean... There's a lot of companies that are touted with having good cultures. The company I'm with now, so far, good culture. Nice. Very upbuild and uplifting. You know, they communicate well. Everyone's happy that's there, seem, seemingly happy. I'm outside a lot, so I don't really get involved with any office politics and will not. <laughs> Smart. But, yeah, because I'm in sales. So, But 
you know, yeah, I think that I guess my point to that was, yes, you should be thinking of other people, but w- take care of yourself first. So you're opt so you're operating optimally. Right. Well, yeah. Um, but you, but you have to take care of yourself first yeah. in order to help other people. Yeah. So in the end, you have to come first. And Your maker wants you to do that, too, by the way, as, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but see, a lot of people feel like they can't put themselves first because they think that's selfish and, and they shy away from it. And that gets in the way of them living a fulfilling life. So many, when we grew up, we were not the most important people in the house. Our parents were. Right. They brought the food home. They yeah. paid the bills. They did all yeah. that. We were like that, too. We would tell the kids, look, we're going to make it to as many sporting events as we can. But if I got to go to work, I got to go to work. Yeah, of course. I'm on commission or whatever. Yeah. That's changed. The kids are the most important thing in the house in a lot of households now. And they produce nothing. Right. <laughs> they produce nothing. <laughs> OK. Yeah. The parents are the ones that are producing everything. I used to get guys that say, um, I have this. So the Knights of Columbus, I have guys say, you know, I can't get involved because I have kids have sports. I don't care. Do you understand what the Knights of Columbus do? Your kids give nothing back to society. And I get that you want to go see your kids sports. Mm-hmm. I'm asking to come two hours a month. Right. And maybe donate another four hours a year. And you can't come because your kids got soccer. I mean, that. and I used to tell people from the chamber, they go, I got something else to do. I said, this should be your something else to do. You keep bitching because you don't have a business, but you won't take time to come network or time to get involved and things like that yeah. and make yourself out, put yourself out there. So many people want to be successful, but they don't want to put the work in, right. in anything. Yeah. Right? They go, is this just a pill I could take? No. <laughs> There's no pill. <laughs> You got to work. You got to do some stuff. Right. Look, tomorrow I'm leaving the house at 7 o'clock and I'll get home like at 730, right? It's just one of those days. I got a couple jobs to go to. I'm going to be 61 in a couple weeks. I still need to do that because I know the value of that networking, seeing customers, doing all those things. Yeah. And and like I said, I'm not perfect by any means, but I know I got to put that work in. I'll get them back. You know, I'll be at the gym until 9 the next day. It's all right. You know, so you got to kind of organize your life like that. And I have to, you know, we have our grandson starting summer school tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I'm just telling you guys, I'm just like all of you, but you're going to have to give up something. You might have to give up a Netflix show. When I I, um, I binge watched um, Breaking Bad. Oh, great show. While I was at Allstate's riding a bike, riding an exercise mm-hmm. bike. While I was at Allstate working until like 10 o'clock at night because I had this customer come in and we were we were just changing shifts. That's how I binge watched it. So I was at work getting exercise, binge watching that. I could not sit at home and binge watch anything. I'd go nuts. Hmm. See, I'm, I'm a little different. I, I, I figure I work all day and, and then I hit a point like about 9 o'clock at night and then I just stop working and I just watch TV. We'll watch the same show over and over. Like, we're on our phones or whatever. We're just doing stuff. I'm getting ready for the next day. I'm on LinkedIn trying to make more new connections. Mm -hmm. So I just, I mean, the TV might be on 10 hours a week, but we might watch an hour and a half. We we might watch a movie on the weekend. It's usually something from the 80s. I love the 80s. (laughs) Ferris Bueller's Day Off, maybe. I'll watch that 50 times. Yeah, I agree. Let me ask you this. You talk about LinkedIn. Has you say LinkedIn has that been helpful for you in oh, promoting yeah. your podcast? Podcast and business. Yeah. 
So I've I'm about thirteen hundred friends now on there. Thirteen hundred connections. That's great. I want to get to five thousand on there. Uh-huh. LinkedIn's tricky though. People will join you on Facebook quicker than they will on LinkedIn because they know on LinkedIn you're trying to sell them something, right? Yeah. But what I'll do is I'll connect with people, and I have a very generic. I'll tell you, when I was looking for a job, I reached out to one of my headhunter friends. He goes, you got to change your um, your uh, LinkedIn profile. I said, why? He says, it looks like you did too much in your career. Too much? That's what he said. I said, yeah, it's kind of a generic outline. Because I said, he goes, were you in sales or were you in operations or you in sales management? I said, I've done it all. Yeah. I was in operations before sales, and then I, that helped me be a better salesman. Mm-hmm. And then I moved into a leadership position. Yeah. And then I have my podcast on there and stuff like that. Yeah. He goes, you've just done too much. you, you got to change that. I said, dude, this isn't my resume. This is my LinkedIn profile. So why I said that is when I think when people go to check, because they check it before I friend me. Yeah. They're like, oh, he's harmless, right? Because I don't really – I have my job on there, but I have more of that generic podcast and things like that. So I yeah. get a lot of listeners through podcasts. See, I've never really promoted my podcast on LinkedIn. Oh, I would. Yeah. I would if I were you. I mean, it's just Facebook, business Facebook, right? Yeah, exactly. I put my – that I we had our 18th grandchild on and got a ton of impressions, like 800 impressions. Wow. And I was leery about that because a lot of times people say, this isn't Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, well, I'm in sales, so you need to get to know me. Right, about relationship yeah, building. I'm shoving my 18th grandchildren down your throat. <laughs> don't read it if you don't want. Just go past it. Yeah, just keep scrolling. I saw a post today that says, you know, you can actually stroll past a post you don't like. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. You don't get banned or anything. Right. Okay. Maybe I should do that. I mean, I got all the content, you know, when I create those little videos. Yeah. I should maybe just post them there too. I post my podcast on there every time. I go LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, um, and then I automatically post to, uh, you know, all the other platforms, Apple and all that. Right on. But have you been, you've been doing, you do TikTok and Instagram too with, with your podcast Instagram content? Instagram goes on automatically because yeah. I have Facebook. Right. TikTok, I have put the the um, link on there, but I've never put the podcast. I think it's too long, right? Yeah. So, but I need some of those shorts. That's what. That's why I want to do those shorts. Here, so I'll, here, start, I'll, I'll bring this out. I'll show the people in the audience too. Yeah, I'll start picking have, that thing off. I have this, and what I do is I mount my phone on it, mm-hmm. and I've got a microphone, and so I'm recording. You know, I just put my phone and I just mounts on here. And then I can record the uh, content. So I don't even use my studio microphone. I use this. And um, it's easy. It's quick. And then I just download the video and I make a few edits to it. And boom, it goes. And it's already in that 9 by 16 vertical format. Do you remember when I was, I don't know if you even knew me when I was running the chamber, but I did some videos where I would wear wigs and stuff. And I was, um, I started doing this. I was trying to boost so, so I had this wig look like a surfer haircut, and I called myself Slater, Ed's brother Slater. Yeah. Um, and I would do, and my daughter would film these little 30-second or a minute commercials about the chamber, and they went crazy. People were going oh, crazy. Sure. Yeah. Then I had Uncle Jasper. I put a I put a beard on with a big long mustache, <laughs> <laughs> and I was using stuff like that, and it was going nuts. It was going really good, and um, they were just little shorts, and I would put them on there, and yeah. we we are. 
people started coming to our events. Like I was averaging over a hundred people in Poway for all places yeah. for chamber events. Yeah, because when people are going through their stuff, I mean, they're like, "Oh my god, an hour podcast! I don't know if I really want to." Yeah, and they're sending me video, sending yeah, me messages know. saying, "Is Slater or Uncle Jasper coming? Who's coming?" Yeah, and sometimes I dress up in costume and go there. It was pretty funny. That's awesome. Yeah, and people loved it. And um, I don't necessarily want to do that now, but. Uh, but the format works. The format works. So yeah. I thought about doing more TikTok stupid stuff on TikTok because uh-huh. I I end up watching that stupid shit, right? If I'm going through TikTok and something funny's on it, I'll watch it. Yeah. And I know it's not going to be long. But there's a way that you can take your message and kind of TikTokify it. Well, I'll to make go it on fun to Canva and... sometimes and mm-hmm. make make motivational stuff with my picture and my th- and then I put those on TikTok. Okay. And I put music behind them. Perfect. So I know how to do that, and I'll do if I do a short message like that, I'll put it on. I'll put it on TikTok. Yeah, I don't know how many followers I have, but I could increase that a lot. Yeah, I know. Just speaking for myself, my subscriber counts on and follower counts on all the platforms have done extraordinarily better when I started doing those short videos. Yeah, I know. And you told me that before, and I just haven't got around. Yeah, and it worked for you at the chamber. I mean, it's a proven format. Oh, it was huge. Yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, and they, you know, and they don't have anybody that would do that now. And a lot of the chambers don't. The problem with chambers is they're running chambers like they did in the '60s. Remember, they used to call those me- those meetings sundowners. You know? Yeah, nobody's really getting up to date on those. And I belong. I go to a lot of chambers. We're going to a chamber event tomorrow night, and I belong to San Diego Regional Chamber. Those those are a little. They do um, pretty good on those, but they're still doing the same shit, patting each other on the back, giving out awards. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are the worst trophy hunters, and you blame these poor little kids that get a trophy. We got a trophy. Did you play sports when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. You got a trophy, right? Oh, yeah, a lot of times. Of course I did. Yeah. Of course you did. But it's it's worse now. I mean, because now the participation trophies and everything else. Oh, know, I don't know anything about that. Well, it is it is now, at least. I I, I remember that because I was, I was on the um, – uh, the board for Poway National Little League. Mm-hmm. And that was a big debate one time, you know, whether we were going to give out participation medals to the kids that didn't come in first or second place. Well, yeah, I guess in baseball, well, I was on Billy Bean's team, so we won the championship. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. guess the other kids did not get a yeah. trophy. But they also, would sometimes they have ribbons now. or medals, and then other people were saying, we shouldn't give them anything. They didn't win. Um, losing was the greatest thing in the world when I was a kid, right? Because you decided, is it worth it to... You know, is it worth it to work harder and win? And it, it was sometimes, and sometimes it wasn't. Yeah. Something I wanted to bring up, too, that I talk a lot about on my podcast is sometimes we manifest, we get this idea in our head of what we want that thing to look like, and then we start going towards it, and it's a lot of work, and we go, that's not really worth it. Because sometimes it's not worth it. Right? Sometimes, like, if I wanted to be a, I'm going to be a bank president, and then I get into it, and you're like, oh, you got to go to school for this shit? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's that's also like you said, it's hard to find. You got to find that thing. That's why you just got to start out with something small, right? To man to get that vision in your head of what yeah. you want. What do you want it to look like? But look, if you had an extra, because you have a job, yeah. Besides what you do, if I just if you just had ten million dollars fall into your pocket, this might just be your only thing to do. Oh yeah, you would just go. You know what? I'm just going to do this. Right. Um, I mean, you didn't have to do the other work. No, but the, the the dream scenario for me would be 
Yeah, to have, like we've just been talking about, is have a message and to go out and share that message in all forms of communication. Yeah. And to public speaking and book writing and and, uh, being guests on other people's programs and just sharing content that improves other people's lives. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've tried to team up with other speakers that I know. Mm Mm-hmm. And they'll just, no way. And I don't know if it's their ego. Maybe they don't like me, which is fine with me. But I'm like, you know what? I should really come out on stage before you come out. Because my message is, my message is an attention. To, they're going to be attending. They're going to be have a, their attention on you when I'm done. Because I would just, I'm going to talk to them about improving themselves. And the next person that's coming out is going to help do that. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, but it's very, people are very resistant to that. I, Listen, I put out all the time that I get people, if somebody wants to be on my podcast, they don't want to come on. And then they bitch because they don't have business. I'm like, I got, you're going to get, you know, I'm going to get you some exposure. Don't you want to talk about your business? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't really have time. Got to take my kids to sports. See? Yeah. It comes up again. You know, well, it was the same as true as with um, political candidates. I would, I would invite them and some would say they don't want to do it. And I'm like, why would you not want to get your message out? I would definitely. So I was telling my buddy that I was doing this tonight. Um, my realtor friend that you you guys would really like each other. I'll get you connected on LinkedIn or something. And he, um, uh, we were talking. Where's I going with that? Yeah, he. We were talking about that. How people just won't take the you know they won't do the effort to get better at Correct. what they're doing. It's 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 inertia, right? A body at rest shall remain at rest until exerted by an outside force. Some some people will just yeah they'll drift in life. You know, people do that. Yeah, well, especially younger people, because I don't think they had the work ethic we had from the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I'm not going to get on millennials again, but it was different <laughs> when we were kids. Yeah, the culture like, was My different. dad came to me at 14. I said, are we going to go We're going to go school shopping? 14 years old, I'm coming, going to be a freshman in high school. He goes, you know what? You're pretty good mowing lawns and doing all that stuff. I don't want to buy you what you want anyway because it costs too much because I wanted OP shorts and oh, yeah. Nike shoes and all that. He goes, so you can pay for it. And you know what? I'm like, okay. So I went out, got some jobs. We had a place called Miller's Outpost. Remember Miller's oh, Outpost? Oh, yeah. There yeah. was one in Poway. Yeah, it was on Poway Road. I remember. Yeah, where the smart and final is. Maybe next door. No, it was, a, it was Miller's Outpost. Then it was a Tower Records, right? It's right by the KFC on Poway Road. Uh, no? No. Miller's Outpost was where smart and final is. Oh, okay. I, I'm wrong then. Okay. There was a TG and Y in there too. Okay. Then there was a then there was Alpha Beta. Then there was a Miller's Outpost next to it. So okay. Alpha Beta was where Stater Brothers. Anyway, or uh, Smart and Vinyl. Then we had a place called the Ranch, and the Ranch was over where the old library was in Poway, in that um, where that photo mat is. No one knows what a photo mat, but it's a coffee place now by the car wash. There's a O'Reilly's. Uh, uh, yeah. Our place next yeah. door was called the ranch. It was uh, okay. They had OPs and Levi's and stuff like that. Oh, right on. So funny. I told that story and my daughter says, you never told me that my oldest daughter. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I guess it just never came up, but I just went out and paid for my own clothes. Mm-hmm. And then I just bought what I wanted to. Right. But they could, and of course I wasn't a girl. I wasn't like I was wearing stuff that I was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. I just wanted the stuff that they wouldn't buy. Right. Yeah. I did that as well. Yeah, yeah, so we had to, you know, we had, can you imagine my grandson right now, me telling him, you got to screw I made him spend some Christmas money on his, yeah, some of his birthday money on some clothes, and he about had a meltdown. I'm like, well, <laughs> don't buy them then. Because you won't buy them? I'm like, no, you have plenty. Yeah. Well, I want them. 
Well, okay. I got money that you're supposed to be spending from your birthday. Okay, so he used it. Well, that's a good life Takes lesson. Takes care of him too. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. I know. When's your next podcast episode? What is it or when? Both. Should be at the end of this week. I'm going to talk a little bit about finishing out my um, millennial versus um, boomers in this respect. I'm not going to make fun of millennials for the whole time because <laughs> it doesn't serve anybody any purpose. Yeah. What I will talk about is that whether we grew up in this generation or that generation or whatever, we all have these limitations that we're putting on ourselves. We're the worst judges of ourselves than anybody else. Oh, my God. No one sure. looks at me and thinks the things that I think about me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I – and, you know, this this self-talk is so important. It's so important to build yourself up and not drag yourself down. Totally. Um, and we fall into that habit. So I want to talk about – I don't care how old you are. You're doing this to yourself. And I don't care who you think you are. In the whole scheme of life, you're doing it to yourself, and you need to stop it. You need to lessen it at best, right? We need to be able to look in the mirror and go, I'm all right. You know, I'm a pretty good guy. There's this thing that comes up on TikTok sometimes where they say, if you ask a guy how he's doing, and he goes, I'm okay, he's not okay, right? Because we're guys. That's how we answer. So, oh, right. I'm okay. Yeah. He's not okay. And. My friend that I'm going to introduce you to, we have a we go out to breakfast maybe once a month now. We used to go every couple of weeks, and we can open up to each other about stuff that most guys can't. You know what I mean? And it's very nice to have a person I can sit down with and talk about. Stuff. And it's not even intimate stuff. It's just stuff that I'm not going to talk to my wife about, or you know, I don't want anybody else to talk about it. So we'll talk about things, and he'll he'll bring stuff up about our kids and things like that. Um, I can tell when I say to somebody, and you're. You're not like this. When I say to somebody, I want to speak every week for ten grand and do my podcast once a week and have money coming in there, they're like, "Oh, that sounds cool." Like, you're not going to do that. <laughs> but I'm going to. But I'm an encouraging friend. Yeah, and I yeah. Do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got bad news for you. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Somehow, one way or another, I'm going to skin that cat, and maybe it'll be twenty five grand a week. I don't know, but. I, there's no reason. There's no reason why you can't do what you want to do in the world. Correct. Right? I could say that if I only had one leg and I wanted to beat Usain Bolt, that's probably a stretch, right? <laughs> yeah. But if you want to be in a better relationship, if you want a better job, if you want to make more money, you want a nicer car, those things are all obtainable. You want to change your career? Change your career. You know, you want to do something different with your life? Absolutely. And that's the whole thing is, is self-ownership, uh, taking your life seriously, yeah. putting yourself first, you know, which is the, that's the common ground of our two messages. So that is what my next podcast will be. Very uplifting, you know, trying to get. I'm trying to say the message in a hundred different ways because a hundred different people are listening and yeah. I want them to get the message. Right. And I would love nothing more than people that email me and say, man, that one hit, that one hit me right. Yeah. You know, what you just said was nice. Or like if I could do more of these live streams where people could say that was, that was what I, I needed to hear today. Okay. So that's when it's going to, it'll be this week. Well, you know, we just did get one of those. This is from Kit Franklin. She says, Miller's Outpost was where the Thrifties was. <laughs> Miller's Outpost, right. But it was also a, uh, 
Yeah, and then Alpha Beta was next to it. And TG&Y was in that same mall, too. So Thrifty's is where the dollar store is. That used to be a Thrifty's. And we go in and get five-cent ice cream cones. You sure? Because isn't the Thrifty's like it behind was. KFC, or maybe it moved? No, that was a Lucky Stores behind KFC. The KFC that's there now? Yeah. That's, that was a Lucky Store. Oh. So that, let me tell you something. You really want to go back? Yeah. That used to be a field, and they used to have a carnival there a couple times a year. Kit lived right up the street from there. Oh, wow. She grew up right up the street. So they'd bring a big carnival in with Ferris wheels and everything, and we yeah. would, you know, I was probably 13 years old, and they'd have a big-ass carnival there. And then they built that grocery store, which was a Lucky's food mm-hmm. basket, and um, then it turned into LA Fitness later. Ah, uh, yeah. It's yeah. LA Fitness now, yeah. Okay. And there was a Thrifty's on the right. That was a thr- that that's where Thrifty's ended up, I think. Yeah. And then, but then they closed, and now there's a Halloween store every year, right? Yeah, exactly. Then they were a Save On or something or whatever. Something like that, yeah, or CVS. There used to be two Vons in Poway. <clears throat> there used to be one down by uh, Harbor Freight. Yeah. Then there was one across from uh, one up Pomerado and Poway Road, where where uh, Big Lots was. Okay. That was the Vons. Wow. Yeah, there were two Vons in Poway for some reason. Wow. Remember Big Bears? Uh, that's before my time okay, here. So there used to be a Big Bear in where um, <clears throat> Five Guys is. Okay. And that was also the DMV right there, too. Okay. Yeah. I think right. when I moved to Poway, the DMV, might it might have still been there, but then it went over by the Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day. Well, good. What else you got, Ed? We, we've been going over two hours. I know. I got to get up early. I need to go home. Okay, no problem. This is fun. <laughs> it is fun. I can talk. Dude, you're just one of those people I could talk to all day. Well, I think you could talk to anybody all day. Yeah. You can get in front of an audience of a million people and talk all day. So a funny thing, I so I've, um, you know, I used, to, I used to work in a grocery store. I used to drive a truck. I used to, I was in management positions. I measured cranes. I've measured, um, I've outfitted uh, jobs with HVAC equipment, louvers, dampers, all that stuff. Been in the moving business, been in concrete cutting business. And people think I'm full of shit, right? When I tell them, I'm like, no, I can tell you how to do that. Because someone will say, well, you don't know how to do that. I'll go, can you measure a crane so it doesn't tip over? Well, no, I don't know what to do. Well, then shut up. I can I can learn anything. I can right? still learn it today, too, by yeah. the way. It's not like I can't learn how to do something new. Which bothers me a little bit that I didn't go to college, right? Because I could pick up anything. Yeah. It just was a time when we didn't go to college, when you didn't go to college. Yeah, right? it was a I was making time. good money. I didn't go into military because I was too close to my mom, you know, didn't want us going into the military. My brother could have got drafted if, if Vietnam would have continued. Mm-hmm. So it's all these circumstances in your life. So this is why when I do talk to somebody like you that, or, or my friend Tim or whatever, we just grew up in such different environments with different people. That's why we have different opinions about things, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, my God, if my mom would watch this pride stuff gone, she'd spin it in her grave right now. <laughs> She is turning over and rolling over mm-hmm. in her grave. So are a lot of people, by the way. Yeah, it, it, especially like in the last two or three years, the accelerator pedal has really been hit hard on that. And parts of it are good and parts of it are not. Well, it's the funny. It's the loud, you know, you get the 10% that are loud, right? Yeah. And you just go, oh, Jesus, just give them, just let them do it. <laughs> just to shut them up, let them do it. That's the, that's the sad part of it because then we're really not – addressing the issue. Right. We're just going, just shut them the hell up and give them a day. Yeah. <laughs> give them a month for Christ's sake. I don't care. 
Yeah, well, they, they, they do have a month. It's, I know. It's, we're in it. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well, well you got a big day tomorrow, man. I 7 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. Yeah. So let's, let's wrap up this bad boy. Yeah, I'd just be talking all day. That's yeah. what I do. It's all good. Ed, thanks for coming on again. Dude, I, anytime you want to just, just chat, we can do it. Next time I'll do mine. You can do a Zoom. Fair enough. Love to we'll do, do that. We'll do it for mine, and, uh, and we'll, I don't know, I'll come up with some crazy thing to do. We'll do something. Yeah. yeah. It's just fun just hanging. Yeah, no no kidding. I know. You know? I don't know why we don't go to lunch and stuff like that more often. We should. But we both have jobs and stuff. Yeah, so. you know, we're busy. And and, it's, and even if we do it behind a microphone on a live stream, it's still cool. I know. You're it's right. It's still all good. Uh, so thanks again, Ed. Appreciate I, you. I, I appreciate you. All right. All right, friends. We'll see you later. This is episode number... 320. Oh, yeah. I was impressed by that the other day. Is it 22 or 23? Yeah. I don't know. I heard you say it the other day. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Are you counting hacksaws and all that, too? No, that's different. Hacksaw, oh, this is just your just yeah. John Riley project? Hacksaw is up to 78. So, um, but I, I, num- I, that's the way I organize it on my computer. I have them numbered. And a lot of other podcasters number them. Have you, um, does he still have the same haircut? Generally, yes. Okay. He just got a cut like about a month ago. He looks a little different. It's funny. So yeah, I used to listen to him, dude, when I was you know when I was into all that stuff. But uh, and Ted Leitner and all those guys, and Jim Rome and Steve Hartman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked up Steve Hartman the other day. He's still working. Yeah, he was been in San Diego working. I think at thirteen sixty for a while. Yeah. yeah, a lot of those guys. You know, some of them have passed on. Yeah, like Chet Forty, but Billy Wendell yeah. is still at it. You know, so really. Yeah, he's back in Philly though. Um, <coughs> well, real quick, have you seen? Did you see uh, Air? Yes. On HBO. Yeah. So they have uh, what's the Sonny Vaccaro? Sonny Vaccaro. He was on that show all the time with all Steve the Hartman. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So when we watched that, I knew a lot about, and I was telling Kit, "No, oh, I know this guy did, you know." Yeah, because he was like the basketball guru. Guy. Yeah, yeah. He had a lot of good information. So I, when that movie came out, uh, we watched it, of course, and I was like, "Yeah, this is just right in my, this is right in my time." Right? Oh yeah, and I was into 100%. all this stuff. Yeah, that's a good movie. We enjoyed it. It came out really well. Yeah, I thought. All right, man. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, listeners, and I uh, hope to see you all soon on my podcast. Okay, we'll see you later. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor, subscribe and then share it with a friend or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Go to connectwithjohnny.com to get links to our social media content, audio podcast platforms, and to sign up for our mailing list. To be a guest, read my blog or get more information please visit johnreillyproject.com to get started.